1: Well, so the power went out about half an hour ago, so I'm a little nervous thinking, you know, are we going to be on the air? Are we not going to be on the air? You know, can I do the show? Can I not do the show? Uh, if the power goes out, then just uh, wait around. I will start another episode, and unless the episode's about to end, in which case I'll just call it a day. <laughs> so you never know quite what's going to happen around here. So that's, that's one of the, the, the joys of being in the South. We had uh, you know, other things in California, like the earth shaking, you know, New England, like, you know, massive amounts of snow falling down. So every, every place has its charm. And it's idiosyncrasies. And, and this happens to be one of those areas where the power is not the most reliable. Uh, unfortunately, I'm close enough to the, the, the center of the thriving metropolis of downtown Milton, Florida, that they usually get it back on pretty quickly. So that's a good thing. So anyway, that was my excitement about 20 minutes ago. Um, so it, it didn't really set me back because I, I've, you know, these shows, I really start prepping about three, four days ahead of time. You know, you'll notice I don't. I'm not the first to get the news story out because this isn't a new, I'm not a reporting service. This is not a journalistic show. This is a show about change. This is a show about uh challenging every assumption you had about the way things uh, are and the way things could be and making the way they, things the way they could be a reality that's what the show's all about so I don't really care about to, to to report stuff as it happens uh, but as it happens <laughs> it, as it just so happens uh, Something fascinating happened over the weekend and over the end of of last week, and that was we actually had a little bit of freedom break through the deep state. We had a little bit of inspiration. We actually had congressional debate. We actually had something interesting happen in Congress that wasn't pre-arranged, pre-done, pre bond and paid for by the lobbyists, pre-arranged by the, the globalists, the, the, the deep state folks, the, uh, the mega billionaires, the, the, the corporations, the, the, the fascist media, the you know all the other folks, you know, big tech, big pharma, big agriculture, big everything else that pretty much controls things. I uh, have for some big judiciary. there's another one. You know, big court. <laughs> I'm going to start a new term here: big court. You know, so, so in a world where almost everything is prearranged, everything is, is pre done, where we all know that, that COVID was a, was a dramatically, uh, arranged hoax, you know, fear campaign, uh, terrorizing, brainwashing, mindlessly, uh, controlling, uh, situation to do nothing but get government power and steal the election from Donald Trump. That's what COVID was all about because it was basically a flu bug that got a whole lot more attention. And so knowing that. You know I knew right at the beginning that this was the, the the government response was a total hoax, oh sure, they had a virus, you know, and i 'm convinced that uh, that it was a created virus in everywhere from the Purbright Institute in England, in one of those places you don 't hear about that I look into okay uh, all the way to uh, Wuhan maybe you know there 's a north carolina army uh, uh, thing not not uh, who is it whatever that lab is there that they they get all kinds of stuff, so uh, it 's out there, we know it 's out there, but just for a brief shining moment. Uh, there was a little bit of freedom with 20 members of Congress who actually stood up to the deep state. But, again, in the end, they give up. Uh, they, they surrendered. They, they let something go. They, they had the, this chance of freedom. There, there was no rush. There's no difference today than, than yesterday or the day before. There's no reason we had to have a speaker right away, knowing that that speaker is going to basically renege on everything that he promised. I'm going to go over those promises this hour. Then we've got Jonathan next. And then after that we have uh, Dorothy Diana. So so it's a uh, it's sex and politics Monday. Uh, well, actually more like politics and sex Monday because Jonathan's first, uh, and then Dorothy. And so as we go through the, the, you know all the events that have happened, I'm going to try and explain what the propaganda is, where where what the things that you're not hearing on the news. You know my own kind of uh, uh, analysis th- through the logic and reason filter. You know that is my brain. At least I like to think so. Uh, and uh, and see if I can make some sense out of this for you. So things were going pretty well. And, uh, you know, and I, and I took them at their word that they were never going to vote for Kevin McCarthy. So I was a little surprised to see that Matt Gates and Lauren Boebert and a few other folks who were never going to vote for Kevin McCarthy, well, they actually didn't, and they did at the same time. And so this is a typically congressional move. They voted present. Oh, boy. So that's voting without voting. So what voting present does is it lowers the majority. So in other words, you're there, you know, you're accounted for, you're part of the quorum, you're, 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 your body, you know, at room temperature or body temperature is physically there uh, in the halls of Congress, but uh, you're not actually doing anything. So you're voting present. So, so when, if it takes 218 um, to be a majority, you know, if two people vote present, well, then the majority is 216, you know, and that's exactly what happened. And But they said, I'm never going to vote for Kevin McCarthy. So, so technically, they were right. They didn't technically vote for Kevin McCarthy, but by voting present, they lowered the majority. So what they actually voted for was lowering the majority so Kevin McCarthy could become speaker. So so their actions directly resulted in Kevin McCarthy becoming speaker. So you can weasel word this all you want. You can, you can try and sugarcoat it, and you can do whatever – you know, they they tried to do over the next little while. We stood strong. We stood up. You know, we did this and that, and then we got everything we wanted. <clears throat> really? <laughs> is that what you think? So so the person that uh, – and, and Matt Gates is the one I listen to the most because he's my own congressman here uh, in the first congressional district of Florida up in the northwest corner of the panhandle. So he represents Milton, Pensacola. Uh, Some of the other places. I I think it goes to the uh, the next county line. So we we got. I don't know if he goes into Okaloosa County. He may. He may. I I haven't looked at the map for a while. There's three counties up here on the top left of Florida. Uh, The far left is, and I don't mean um, you know politically. I mean geographically. All right. So the the, the furthest left, the furthest I should say west, (laughs) the furthest west county uh, in the top end of, of the Florida Panhandle is Escambia County. The next one to that is Santa Rosa County. That's where I live. And then the one just to the right of us is Okaloosa County. And then I think you get one or two counties over and you get to Tallahassee. Uh, anyway, it's about three-hour drive. So, And I forgot what county they were in, but quite frankly, at that point, it doesn't matter. Um, but the 10 counties, the 10 counties that make up the, uh, uh, the panhandle up top here are, are in the central time zone. And we're kind of separate, separate from everything else. And so it, it's quite interesting to see um, how this all works. Anyway, i got Pianca in the line. I will get to him in just, uh, just a minute here. I want to go over a couple of things. Then we're going to go over the Balanced Budget Act. And I've got uh, something else I want to go over, too. So this is going to be, this is a busy morning. Anyway, so what was so fascinating uh, about this is how quickly they gave up and how everybody said, oh, yep, right thing to do. Yep. The media all along has never given Congress an option. The entire time that this, this debate went on in Congress, the media always said, and I'm talking Newsmax, even one American News, they said, what does Kevin McCarthy have to do to be Speaker? What, you know, why aren't you voting for Kevin McCarthy? Why, why aren't you, you know, towing the party line? What is it, why, why are you, you know, insurrectionists again, you know, stopping, uh, stopping progress? So the, the, the House has to get down to business. They have to do things. They have to pass things. And the only person that can do that, the only person is Kevin McCarthy. There's not one single journalist that said, well, what about? Well, maybe they they said when they actually voted for Jim Jordan and uh, Byron Donalds and some other people, but they never said why are you voting for Kevin McCarthy? You know, he's he's proven that he's uh you know that he's never followed through on his promises. Why why you know why aren't you standing strong? Why aren't more of you standing strong? He was always for Kevin McCarthy. That's the way that works. So before I get to um, Bianca, this there's just a couple things. One it seems that Tucker Carlson is the only major figure standing out against the deep state of the major media people. And it's fascinating to watch. And he gets away with it because he's as popular as he is. So once you get to a certain – so if you're, if, you're, if, you don't, if you're being completely suppressed in, you know, in, by big tech like me, then they don't worry about me. Uh, and Tucker Carlson is so popular they can't touch him, so they don't really worry about him. Uh, but everybody else in the middle kind of gets squashed. Uh, this is more to – let me see what's on, on uh, Pianki's mind. And then i got a couple more things here. Um, one on Brian Sicknick. And the lawsuit against Trump. And another thing, uh, I found some John Galt uh, Atlas Shrugged movies, which I've also uh, picked up on. And then we'll get to the other things I want for this hour. And then we we'll get Jonathan. Good morning, Piaki. Welcome to another crazy week.
2: Yeah, another crazy week. How are you today?
1: I'm okay. Um, we had, like I say, we had a little power failure earlier, but uh, other than that, things are uh, are doing okay. So we'll, hopefully, we'll we'll keep going with our usual, you know, a plum and all the other things. But I got a lot this morning. I'm curious uh, what you think of. Some of the things that I want to talk about today. The the, the first thing I found is, uh, is is like this inspiration. So I got re-inspired to freedom over the course. Well, actually, it was it was last night. So I'm working on stuff, looking at things for the show, and I'm, I'm like, I like some background, okay? Because being as a d ADHD as I am, I have to work, look, work, look. I need a, like almost like a constant distraction. It's quite fascinating. So I came across these Atlas Shrugged movies, and Atlas Shrugged is the book that I have no patience to read because I have trouble reading anyway. Uh, from Ayn Rand, or Ayn Rand, depending on, on your point of view. And it's the story of John Galt. John Galt, who creates this uh, almost limitless energy source and uh, you know, wants to uh, give it to the world, except the world would take it from him and not reward him at all for it. And the biggest uh, thing about Ayn Rand is that we are our own person. You know, we, you know, we do for ourselves. We are valued by our accomplishments, you know, not by what we do for others. And so, you know, she uses selfishness in a good way so that you, the selfishness that she talks about is of the self, of you, of what do you accomplish? Do you have the right to your accomplishments? Do you have the, the right to, to, to your property, to the royalties, to, uh, to the recognition, to, or do you have to serve everybody else? And this is a ridiculous myth out there that your only value is how much you do for other people. Well, that's crazy because that, then those people, the only value that you have to other people is what you'll do for them. And that's when society crumbles. And so I've got. I'm going to, you know, watch more of these. But uh, it seems like a fairly recent production. Um, Pianki, are you familiar with uh, either the Fountainhead or Atlas Shrugged or any of the Rand books or movies? I'm more of a movie fan.
2: You looking at war movies? I've been watching them uh, last all week long. <clears throat> but I never Which heard movie? those names. I have. Uh, them yeah. ring a yeah. bill.
1: Okay. Well, uh, take a look. I think you'll find it interesting. The other thing that came to mind as I'm as I'm doing some research here, uh, is a quote from – let me see if I – I think I moved it. <laughs> I moved down on my, on my notes for this morning. Uh, if you ever see the original Manchurian Candidate, and it talks about it's, – it's a whole story of brainwashing. And this came out in the Cold War, I think it was 1957. Frank Sinatra, um, the, the person that uh, played Raymond Shaw, uh, what was his uh, – Lawrence Harvey, uh, Angela Lanchester uh, was in it, uh, and some other, other folks, uh, Angela, Angela Lansbury, excuse me. Uh, actually, I think it's one of <laughs> she played uh, Lawrence Harvey's mother. She's only like two years older in real life. It's really kind of funny. But she looked older. Anyway, so the whole point of this is about brainwashing and assassination and all kinds of things. I'm not going to tell you. But they did have one line. And so the soldiers that were brainwashed in, in the movie uh, The Men's Candidate, they all said this this, this same thing. They said, that, let's see if I can find it. Did I move it? I think I moved it. Hang on. I've got, I want to get the exact quote uh, because it's, it's pretty good. Oh, I think I deleted it. Oh, where, oh here we go. It talks about uh, Lawrence Harvey playing the character of Raymond Shaw. And they all look mindlessly. And when you say Raymond Shaw, what do you think of Raymond Shaw? Raymond Shaw is the kindest, bravest, warmest, most wonderful human being I've ever known in my life. And they all repeated it like a mantra. And, and we have mantras today. We have, well, uh, oh, the COVID vaccine is safe and effective. Well, it's not a vaccine. It's not safe and it's not effective. You know, other, other things. Uh, you know, Joe Biden won the 2020 election. That was the safest election ever. No, he didn't win. And no, it was the worst election ever. You know, so these, these mantras that we have that they put forward, it's all brainwashing. And so you combine the brainwashing uh, and the lack of freedom of, of uh, doing for everybody else and the fact that the deep state elitists want to control everything and have us, you know, without our property and eating bugs. Uh, that's not my future. OK, I, I don't accept that as a future. I'm not going to sit around and have no property and eat bugs. I'm sorry, it's just not going to happen. And so we rebel. And the way we rebel, the way I rebel, is to create Action Radio and create a citizen legislature where we propose the laws that we want to be governed by, not the ones that they impose upon us. And I'll show you the difference uh, in a little bit here, but I want to go back to uh, Pianchi. Um, So the whole – how did you find over the weekend the uh, the debate and the cave by those who said they would never, never vote for – Kevin McDeep state, and then they ended up, uh, you know, sort of like doing this, this, this little switcheroo move, and actually ended up making it possible for him to become speaker. Your commentary, sir.
2: Well, it was uh, one of those ringling back and forth mm-hmm. that, uh, and then you have to look
1: at the alternatives. So, well, what were the alternatives? It's the, uh, no that's a good question. That's a good point. Let's look at the alternatives. The, the alternatives What's what's the what's the alternative?
2: Well, Jeffries and Donalds. I kind of like Donalds, the things he say, but you know, they're still the same politicians.
1: Isn't this his first term? Probably so. So, Byron Donalds. I think it's his first term. I don't want somebody in their first term becoming speaker. They don't know anything. Now he's a fabulous member of Congress. I like and respect him an awful lot, but I don't want anybody. I don't care who they are. You know, I wouldn't want anybody well, you know, I speaker not have term. to be
2: a member of Congress,
1: well, see, uh, that's, that's See, that's another good point. In fact, someone asked that. They uh, said, well, how can we have someone, you know, so-and-so? I don't, I don't even think they're, they're, you know. But you look at the you look at the Constitution, the eligibility requirements, and the speaker does not have to be uh, a member of Congress. So I could do it. No, you don't. I, you know, well, actually, I don't I want, do want to do that. Yeah. I
2: don't care if I you know are Jeffrey. I know, I know his uncle very well. Really? But...
1: Uh, yeah. Well, we it's should get some insight. We should. Uh, I want to spend some time on that, uh, on who Jeffrey yeah, is. About your, but Leonard, you come about you. Say that again. I'm sorry. I say Leonard Jeffrey
2: is not going to come on your program.
1: No, of course not. No, I don't. I just want to learn more about him. I don't. I don't expect him to come on the program. Although he's welcome too. In fact, any anybody, any member of the Democrat Party, any liberal, any any is mm-hmm. welcome to come on the show. I'm happy to talk to them. I just disagree. That's all. You know, we have a different philosophy, but you know, what's interesting is in all those votes, the Democrats all voted for Jeffries, not one dissent, not one argument, not one question, not one, you know, even divergence, even a little bit. Nobody thought anything of the fact that every Democrat voted for Jeffries, every single one of those votes, not a single person considered anything else in the Democrat party. You want to talk about lockstep control? Sounds like a play, doesn't it? <laughs> well, here's the thing. What this points out to me is the the real thing that came out of this for me is the fact that we have to get parties out of out of Congress, because none of this would happen if uh, if you did, if you had if, if there were no parties. This is a purely a party battle. This is a battle between the surrender party and the Marxist party. And so the 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 extent to that works, the, the Republicans who want to do anything have to appeal and appease the Marxist party which is what Kevin McCarthy does, in order to win. And then he takes all the other members of the, of the, the geldings, the gelding members of the Republican Party, whose only concern is getting their committee chairs, their, their committee assignments, getting their nice office. All they care about is their own power and, and prestige and uh, you know, how their career is going to advance. That's it, except for the 20 that resist it. So you've got, of all the Republicans, the Why do they 20 want Republicans their
2: committee chairs? For power. Well, you know, the people hear you say that, but what's your explanation of why they want to be on these committees and what do they expect to get out of these committees? Are they doing something for these committees? Are these committees uh, consistent of their uh, constituents that voted for?
1: Well, it depends. If you have a major defense contractor or a major military base in your district – and you're on the Armed Services Committee, you can direct more money to your districts and bring in more money. So it's all about bringing in money. It's all about getting power and bringing in money. If you're the committee chair, you decide what bills to hear unless the speaker tells you otherwise. See, the speaker is the, ultimately, uh, the speaker ultimately runs the House. There's only one real member of the House right now, and that's Kevin McCarthy. He controls everything. He controls the votes. He controls the uh, uh, what bills come up. He controls what amendments come up. He controls you know how long things are before they are voted on. He basically controls everything. Now, the question is, did the twenty negotiate enough of a real deal uh, to sort of get take some of his power away? I would say no, because there's no reason that Kevin McCarthy can't come, you know go back to exactly his business as usual, and there's nothing those other Republicans can do because he's now got the speakership.
2: Well, now so, you he, got the uh, one uh, person
1: can ask for his removal. Oh yeah, but and that and what if what if McCarthy says you know what? what do they when call the, it, we're, uh, yeah, yeah. The the there was one person... they,
2: One one person can ask call for a vacate, mm-hmm. and you know, funny thing that used to be there before until Nancy Pelosi stripped it away.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. So I'm going to talk to Jonathan about this because you raise a good issue, and that is the House rules. How does the House regulate itself? Not statutory law, but House rules. And how strong are those rules? And what happens when members violate the rules? I'll tell you right now. If one person says, "Kevin McCarthy, I want that bill to come to the floor. I want to give. You, I want to challenge you. I've got no confidence in your leadership. I want to see if you know you can vacate the chair." And all he has to say is, "Well, you know what? We're in the middle of a budget battle right now. We've got several appropriations bills. That's a great idea, but we just don't have time for it now. Let's talk about it next month." And then and it's gone. It's gone. Yeah, you're right about that. Well, it's that's gone. what I You have to.
2: The House and also Senate—they have rules, and the rules aren't law. It's rules. The the courts approve. Uh, have never spoken against them because they got a right to have a rule of the House like the NFL and the NBA. Yeah,
1: yeah, absolutely. You know, and there's like one, of the is, is, one of the House rules is, is one of the House rules is twelve separate appropriations control. bills. What's that? I, mm-hmm. I really want to get something here. Someone i that Mhm. Yeah, you can't control them. No, you can't. Nope. So the rules are only to the extent that the majority follows them, and the majority follows the speaker because the speaker controls the majority because the majority party is the one that put the speaker in power. Let me read something here that I think you're going to find fascinating. And so I have um, a friend on Facebook, and, uh, Jin-Wi Chen. And, and I'm, it's J-I-N-H-E-Y Chen. In fact, I told him I was going to read this on the air today, so hopefully he's listening. jin Chen is from Taiwan, and he's a fellow immigrant, like me, like Josie. And he's in Arizona, and he, I'm hoping to get him on the show for a Taiwan report. In fact, I've been trying for that for, I don't know, about a year or so now. Anyway, he wrote something over the weekend. And I said, well, let me let me read this on the air uh, Monday because I think this is brilliant. Now, you know, Jimmy Chen, is, his, his English is not his first language. There's only a couple – you know, I'm surprised how well he writes actually um, because, uh, because you know, his first language is obviously Chinese. Uh, I don't know if it's Mandarin or, or Cantonese. I'm not sure. I think Mandarin's the the higher form, and Cantonese is more of the – the, the local. But anyway, he says, they are not heroes, not terrorist insurrectionists. And this is Jim Wee Chen uh, from last Friday, um, January 6, 2023. He says, the founders will be called the terrorist insurrectionists, the same as those patriots on January 6, 2021, when the American government, such as the FBI, IRS, Judicial Branch, Congress, DOJ, Democrat Party, and Republican establishment has become worse than the British Empire dating back to 1776. Now, it is not just taxation without representation. It's worse than that. On this day of January 6, 2021, those who walked into the People's House to demonstrate their disagreement on the stolen election are the heroes trying to save the Republic from Democratic thieves who are in disguise under the name of democracy. American government keeps wastefully spending the money they don't have by piling up the debt to $32 trillion. This debt burden to every American is never affordable and sustainable. However, the American government keeps trying to increase its taxes on the people while the middle class is shrinking and more people have fallen into party. Ghettos as well as homelessness on the streets are everywhere in the cities that are mostly under the control of the Democrat Party freedom is encroached upon by the fbi media and big tech they do evils with the superpower they believe they have and they can do whatever they want without independent thinking and a free mind a man or woman is not completely free new mindless slaves are created by brainwashing cheating fooling intimidating and failing in education justice has been losing its character it is corrupt, and under Democrat government promotion, crimes are encouraged. Criminals are protected and released without trial, and personal and business victims are thrown out of the court. Then, new victims just give up filing reports. This is how Democrats decrease the crime rate. They just do what the CCP teaches them to do. That's the Chinese Communist Party. <clears throat> Excuse me. When judicial, bran- when the well, I'll just say the when the judicial branch is corrupt, inept, and threatened. It encourages Democrat thieves to tactically, uh, tactically steal the election by any means. Fairness and transparency in the election have become an American daydream. The election has given in to the selective theft of the key positions that the Democrat Party intends to take. Thanks to those heroes who stood up and voiced their disagreement, today they are falsely accused politically persecuted and jailed tomorrow they will be acquitted and declared to be the heroes rather than terrorist insurrectionists that saved this Republic with their bravery and even their lives. I hope it doesn't come to that, but I'm prepared for it. Anyway. Uh, He says the perils of the country are from within in the government, at the Capitol, in the white house, with the media and big tech control manipulation and propaganda. There is not much difference between the Tiananmen Square massacre and the January 6th crackdown when the government turned into becoming the enemies of the people, not for the people. As, as the government has grown into a gigantic monster, the individual becomes smaller and weaker. If we, the people don't feel this as a threat, we are doomed to lose our rights gradually. Well, I'd say a lot faster than that. He says, this fight, will, the fight will continue. Either government dictatorship rises our freedom prevails. Not bad, huh? Get Pianchi back here. Oh, man. is that amazing? Yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can now. <laughs> you're, you're off for a second.
2: Yeah, it's crazy. What a phone like crazy to me. Well, you make some very good legitimate points. Mm-hmm. And, but the thing is, is how do you get this back under control?
1: Mm-hmm. You have to change the laws. Uh, I decided that uh, a long time ago, you know, way, way back in 2014 Something when I started this adventure. Along, so Hold on. Hang on a second. You asked me how to get the control back. See, I decided a long time ago. The, the reason I pursue the laws and not the elected officials is that I realized that even with term limits, you can easily replace one set of corrupt elected officials with another set of corrupt elected officials. So changing the corrupt officials is not going to solve the problem. Changing the laws will. Go ahead, Bianchi.
2: Yeah, but Kevin McCarthy's not going to let no bill come through, but is going to
1: handcuff what's going on now. hmm Exactly. Well, let me, there, there was an article in Mediaite. Let me see if I can pull that one up here. And then I've got the conditions here in my notes. So here's a, here's a great article. So Mediaite, it's Media and then ITE. It says, here are the concessions Kevin McCarthy reportedly made to the Freedom Caucus for Speaker Votes. It's Jackson Richmond, January 6th, who written Friday. He says, Kevin McCarthy made progress on Friday on the 12th ballot to elect a House speaker, but still fell short. McCarthy reportedly made numerous concessions to the Freedom Caucus, which most of the holdouts belong to. According to Politico, Roll Call, and The Hill, these were the concessions. And these are the ones we're going to go over in a little bit. And I'm I'm going to highlight one in particular. He says one, and this is what you talked about. Only one House member needed to file a motion to, quote, vacate the chair. So that's the first one you talked about. So one house member needs to file a motion. Okay. Well, what happens to the motion? Does that motion have to come to the floor? No. Who decides if that motion on. comes? Who decides if that motion comes to the floor? Kevin McCarthy. A
2: motion when has to be made, second. Mm-hmm. The motion is carried, then voted on. It
1: has to be carried. be. I don't
2: know what their rules are as applying to that, but normally that's the way
1: it goes. Yeah, just because the motion's made doesn't mean it comes to the floor. That's what I'm saying. See, there's always an escape clause to every one of these. Number two, Freedom Caucus members having a few seats on the House Rules Committee that will allow those members to leverage certain criteria behind voting for bills. Well, that should be interesting. (laughs) You know, Which Freedom Caucus members and how strong are they and how willing are they to, and what can McCarthy give them? I mean, who does he know that he's going to put on? Granted, that would be a nice thing, but I would like to see the, the, the House Rules Committee be all Freedom Caucus. But this one, this one I don't know. We'll, we'll kind of wait and see. I don't think the, uh, the well, jury's still out on, on the rules. It's uh-huh. not
2: the motion that's being discussed. It's the bill that's being discussed. People are, Okay. See, see, the problem is, is people, these American citizens that don't know the basic rules of order, which is Robert's rules of order, then they do not understand the process. And the responsibility, Mm -hmm. you know, ultimately, if they were to learn that, they would understand that all this stuff goes right back to the state. A congressperson is elected from a congressional district, which in many cases of the time will have three, four, in some cases, as many as eight legislative representatives coming out of the same district. Those legislators control that congressperson.
1: Yeah, that's the way it's supposed to work. Here's the problem, though. Uh, As long as you have parties, the members of Congress are going to be responsible to their party. They're not going to be responsible to their district. And that was proven by the fact that Kevin McCarthy is not the best to be Speaker. In fact, he's probably one of the worst people to be Speaker, and yet they all were terrified not to vote for him because the, because the party controls them, and they want, the, they want their campaign funds. They want to be able to run again. They want all the things that the party gives them because then that's why they represent the party and then the people. Let me go through. I'm, I'm going to go through each of these, though, and then I'm going to get onto the balanced budget amendment, which is kind of what I want to do you know, in, in a little bit here. So we got the first one. Only one House member needed to file a motion to vacate the chair. Second one, Freedom Caucus members having a few seats on the House Rules Committee that allow those members to leverage certain criteria behind voting for bills. Okay, so they have a few members. I guarantee you right now, there'll be more rhinos on the Rules Committee than there are Freedom Caucus members, and those Freedom Caucus members will be routinely uh, outvoted. Number three, voting on a bill setting term limits for members of Congress. This has been around for years and years and years, okay? We already have term limits. We have two years in the House, and we have six years in the Senate. So all that's needed for people to get somebody out of office is to simply outvote them, vote for somebody else. And that would normally apply except the votes are stolen. So I have no idea how many people in Congress now are there legitimately, and I can't tell. It's not term limits that we need. What we need is election integrity. That would be a huge difference. Number four. Individual votes on each of the twelve appropriations bills, and excluding earmarks from the bills. Okay, now I should ask Jonathan what earmarks are. I guess it's like special legislation, you know, for some individual district. You know, in other words, we're, you know, you say, okay, here's the amount that we're going to appropriate, and here's the specific place where money has to go. I think that's what an earmark is, but I'll find out. But the way Congress is supposed to work, and this is a House rule. I I don't think this is in the Constitution, but the rule is twelve separate appropriations bills. So the bill for health and human services, the bill for homeland security, the, the I mean, the appropriation, the appropriation for the defense, you know, the military, uh, the appropriation for entitlements, those are separate bills. And because they're separate bills, you can't leverage the defense you know budget to an omnibus 1.7 trillion bill where people vote against you know, all the pork that the Democrats want, they're also voting against the defense of the nation and their, you know, their own defense pork in their own district. So this would be a good thing. Um, Pianchi, do you, do you see any prospect that we're actually going to get 12 appropriations bills like the House rules say? I, it's possible, but I don't know yet. That, that, I, I don't have, a, I, I'm, I'm going to wait and see on that one. What do you think? Do you remember 12 appropriations? Remember when Congress used to actually budget according to this process? It's been about 20 years. Yeah,
2: it's been a long time, but is it going to happen? It wasn't good then, neither, 20 years ago, because since it was, we wouldn't be quite where we are today. It wasn't worth a, a uh, crapshoot back then, either, because people still complain, and the people mm-hmm. that were complaining then just found it went away. That's, when, that's what they expect to happen.
1: Mm-hmm. So well, they still the, got their money. The only you know, well, thing government you can do to... is
2: see what happens. Yeah. <laughs>
1: The government also coerces money. They actually fund groups. Like a lot of the EPA money goes to Sierra Club, Wilderness Society, things like that. And so they, in fact, end up lobbying for the government to increase their own budget. So there's a big hierarchy there of, of uh, you know, incestuous spending. Here's another one. Number five, a vote on legislation surrounding border security. Well, <laughs> we already have laws governing border security. They're called immigration laws, illegal alien laws, felon laws. And we even have asset forfeiture laws which aren't being used. That's what I'm going to be getting into. So this is this is a nebulous thing that sounds good, but we already have tons of laws. It's illegal to be in the country illegally. Well, what more what more legislation do you need other than reinstating the wall? If they want to reinstate the wall, they should have said so. So what does this mean, legislation surrounding border security? I'm going to give me a quick comment there, and I got two more, and then, uh, and then I got some uh, some fun stuff for you. Border security. What, what are they going to legislate?
2: Well, the law already there that they should mm-hmm. be followed but they don't do it. So, See, so what you, if it you, you,
1: go ahead. No, go ahead.
2: And another thing too, you mm-hmm. got a president that will pass uh executive orders that are totally unlawful. I mean you can mm-hmm. name several of them. The defense of marriage is one and that it? yeah. and it's anti lynching. So they are disregardful of the law. They don't pay any
1: attention, no attention at all. See, I, w- I would uh, just clarify that we don't have a president, that the election was illegal, that the folks who, uh, you know, the, the Brandon electors, in fact, I was trying to find an article uh, that I read from which was the best description of January 6th that I ever found. And I think I, I, uh, I deleted that article by mistake, but it's on one of my shows. So I'm just going to go back. <laughs> I think it's on a, maybe, not, not Friday we just had, but the Friday before. So I'm going I'm to find out that, that out. But this whole idea of of legislation, but if they if they want border security, what they should have said, you know, it's like this idea that let's get Brandon down to the border, things will change. Well, I knew nothing was going to change. He went to the border, and what did he do? He probably congratulated people, and said, "Hey, nice job." Can I have five million more, please? You know, he, I knew he wasn't going to do anything. So getting him to the border was always a Trojan horse. It was always a false thing. What you really need him to do is to. Uh, You know, have a plan for getting rid of the five million they brought in, which of course he's not going to do. But that's what they should have pushed for. So what these these twenty Freedom Caucus members should have said, instead of legislation surrounding security, they should have said legislation guaranteeing that those five million go home. But they didn't do that. So they whimped out. Let me get to number six. A 72-hour notice from release of legislation before voting on it. We talked about this Friday. 72 hours is six days. So I think the reason for 72 hours is that it goes over a weekend. And I think that's a good thing. So five business days would be 60 hours. Five times 12 is – no, wait a minute. No, wait, 24. Nope, I got my math wrong. How many days? 72 is, is three days? days. Three days. Okay, so I was wrong. All right, good. So, so, yeah, I just realized that. I was thinking 12 days for some reason. That's uh, 12 days of Christmas. So, exactly. So it's three days. So 72 – Three days, that's ridiculous. Why is it that a public comment for a regulation is 30 days? But major legislation costing billions of dollars in Congress is only three days. That's absurd. It should have been thirty days. So the goof. I agree with the, you on that. Yeah. Okay. Cool. And the last one, before I read what the balanced budget amendment is, I want to get your opinion. The last one they wanted for is a vote. You know, it doesn't say it's going to go their way, but it just said a vote on a balanced budget amendment. What do you think of that? The balanced budget amendment.
2: They're not going to agree with it. And you know, another major problem is that people don't have the opportunity to listen to summaries like what you give the majority of the time. You do a very excellent job of giving summary. Well,
1: thank you. I appreciate that. Hopefully I can do it again right now. <laughs> so everybody, so your perception, uh, if I don't say anything else, what does a balanced budget amendment to the Constitution mean to you? Well, I know happen?
2: what it means personally, but okay. most people don't. And you don't spend no more than what you bring in.
1: Mm-hmm. Is that guaranteed? So if the Constitution it, says the Congress you shall. borrow money. Ah, so now there's, there's the difference. Now, my con- constitutional amendment takes away the power to borrow any money. And there are no conditions. There are no exceptions. There, it's it. Congress cannot borrow money. That's my amendment. All right. This balanced budget amendment, the perception is, and you're absolutely right, that Congress cannot spend more than they bring in because that would unbalance the budget in favor of a deficit. And in other words, a deficit is, is borrowing money, is spending more money than they have coming in in revenue. The yearly deficit accumulates into the national debt, which is the total accumulation of all the budgets where they spent more than they took in, and is now $31 trillion, 31.7 <laughs> from that last bill. So the perception is that if Congress ratifies a balanced budget amendment, two thirds of the Congress, both houses, and three quarters of the states ratify a balanced budget amendment, then Congress will not spend more money than they take in. And I'm here to tell you that's a bunch of BS. What they will actually do is enshrine a slightly more difficult procedure for unbalancing the budget, but they're not going to stop it. So the balanced budget amendment is a Trojan horse. It's not true. It's a lie. It's a huge lie. And going for any effort, and this is why I've never, never supported this so-called balanced budget amendment, because I know what's in it. So let me tell you what's in it, and then you tell me if you think this is going to safeguard the Treasury in our future. House Joint Resolution 3, proposing a balanced budget amendment to the Constitution of the United States, 117th Congress, first session. So this was last session. So this this is the most recent balanced budget amendment. And it says that the following article is proposed as an amendment to the Constitution of the United States, which shall be valid to all intents and purposes as part of the Constitution when ratified by the legislatures of three-fourths of the several states within seven years after the date of its submission for ratification. Article 1. Section 1. Total outlays for any fiscal year shall not exceed total receipts for that fiscal year. How's that sound? Total outlays in other words, expenditures, shall not exceed total receipts for that fiscal year. Sound good?
2: Well, yeah, but you don't know what your final amount is going to be on total receipts.
1: Okay. But it just says total outlays for any fiscal year shall not exceed total receipts. So whatever the outlays are, whatever the expenditures are, they cannot spend more than they take in. Makes sense, right? Yeah, it does. Okay. But that's here's, 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 here's where the fine print comes in, okay? I've been sort of saving this. Here's where I need, like, the drum roll, okay? Ba-dum. The drum roll is that's not the extent of that amendment. It says unless, okay? So every one of these provisions, and there's five of them, mean no, there's, excuse me, there's eight of them. Every one of them has an escape clause, and here's the escape clause. Unless three-fifths of the whole number of each House of Congress shall provide by law for a specific excess of outlets over receipts by a roll call vote. So all they need to do is get three-fifths, which is not hard to do. Okay. To say so it's a little tougher to ba- to unbalance the budget. It's a little tougher to increase the national debt, but not by much. Because all they have to do is say, Oh, wait a minute, there's an emergency. You know? They got uh, what, two hundred and sixteen plus two hundred and twelve Democrats. What's that? Four hundred and they got almost all the representatives to vote for Kevin McCarthy. Yeah. See what you're not benefits.
2: explaining. Uh-huh. What you're not explaining, too, is they're talking about a constitutional amendment that has all and all switches on it. Uh-huh. Yep. You can't do so that. Is,
1: exactly. That's it a can't be –
2: you, you can't uh, – stones don't turn into paper halfway across the sentence, <laughs> and that's what they're doing.
1: Yep. Yep. So in other words, this is BS. This is a bunch of – It is BS.
2: I wonder who wrote – thought that up. In uh, this group you. you're talking about, but, uh-huh.
1: huh. I can tell you, out I there? Tell you right here. <laughs> I, in fact, I post this on our on our economic site and a bunch of other places. Representative Chabot or Chabot, Steve Chabot, C H A B O T, Republican of Ohio, uh, the House Judiciary Committee. The latest action uh, was March 4th of 2021, referred to the Subcommittee on the Constitution, Civil Rights, and Civil Liberties, but no action, no further action was taken. So this is actually in Congress in the last session. So what they said was very simply they will not spend more money uh than they take in unless 3/4 say it's okay. <laughs> so that to me that's an escape clause. So that's that is in this 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 whole balanced budget amendment is automatically invalidated in the very first section. Let me give you section 2. The limit on the debt of the United States held by the public shall not be increased. Sounds good, right? Ready for part mm-hmm. two. Unless <laughs> Three-fifths of the whole number of each house shall provide by law for such an increase by a roll call vote. So in other words, if they put their name to it and they get three-fifths, they can increase the budget. They can increase the debt limit. So there's your escape clause on the national debt. So the first one is an escape clause on the budget. They don't have to stick to the, uh, the budget. The second one is an escape clause on the national debt. I'm still waiting to work at this balanced budget amendment part. We haven't gotten there yet. Let me give you section three. Prior to each fiscal year, the president shall transmit to the Congress a proposed budget for the United States government for that fiscal year in which total outlays do not exceed total receipts. So in other words, the president has to submit a balanced budget. Well, how much, how much validity does, does the president's budget have? Never had in the past. Exactly. Have you heard the term dead on arrival? The president's budget is meaningless because where do all revenue bills start?
2: All revenue they bills full start in the Congress.
1: They start in the House. Congress, the Constitution yeah, House. Specifically says,
2: I'm sorry, the so House represents.
1: Right. So if all revenue bills start in the House, the presidential thing is nothing. The only time the president comes in is after the House Senate passed a budget. Then the president has some effect. But until then, it's just paper. So Section 3 is meaningless. Section 4, no bill to increase revenue shall become law. Sounds good. That means no tax increases, right? No bill to increase revenue shall become law unless <laughs> here we go. Approved by a majority of the whole number of each house by a roll call vote. So in other words, they can increase taxes the same way by majority vote. That's what that means.
2: Yeah, what you got going on is you got uh Congress amending the Constitution as they go along.
1: Mhm. Yeah. Well here's the other thing too. If expenditures exceed Revenues, this means they can increase revenues by a majority vote. So all they have to do is increase taxes. They can tax as much as they want because it's right here. It's a constitutional amendment. They're giving themselves the power to tax Section 5. The Congress may waive the provisions of this article for any fiscal year in which a declaration of war is in effect. See, that's the problem. Nope.
2: That's, That's another the problem. problem. The Constitution is the Constitution, no matter what the conditions of the nation, whether mm-hmm. it's a snowstorm, heatstorm, volcano, earthquake, war, or, uh, or a national holiday. It's still the mm-hmm. Constitution.
1: Yep. And the whole purpose uh, – see, the, the the war declaration of power does not say that you can exceed uh, the budget, or you can do anything you want. That's not there. Declaration of War is, is the only way the president can actually go to war. But here's what, it, here's what they're saying, is that – and that, this is why I purposely left that out of, of the amendment that I wrote. If you want to go to war, you better save up for it in advance. And this was, the whole point of, of taking away the power of Congress to borrow money is that they can't stay in places like Afghanistan for 20 years because they, they don't have the money to do it. There's no allocation because they're going to have to take it from somewhere else, and someone else is going to scream. So what, the only way to do this is to have a prohibition on Congress borrowing money no exceptions, no conditions, no no unlesses, nothing like that. It gets worse though. This is still section 5. The provisions of this article may be waived for any fiscal year in which the United States is engaged in military conflict which causes an imminent and serious military threat to national security and is so declared by a joint resolution. Well, that's how they've been funding all the wars, right? They've been funding all of How do you think we got the budget for Iraq and the budget for Afghanistan? They said, "Well, this is an emergency. This is a national emergency. We need to fund it." And so they do. So this guarantees all the funding that they want, regardless of the balanced budget amendment, regardless of the budget, if a majority of both houses say we're engaged in a military imminent and serious, that's an imminent and serious military threat. That's nuts.
2: Matter of fact, there should be a Missouri-Hancock amendment, which states that the revenue... If the if revenue outpaces the expense, mm-hmm. then that, uh, that amount should go back to the taxpayers. Hmm. Missouri had, had that for a long time. And Mayo was a, a Republican. There's a difference between then and now in yeah. these uh, sensible attitudes.
1: Yeah. No, no, I, I agree. I think that's a wonderful thing. We should write that up for the federal government. Let me give you number six. The this is still the, the balanced budget that people think is going to stop Congress from spending more money than they take in. And I've I just proven the first five sections is a bunch of BS. Section six, the Congress shall enforce and implement this article by appropriate legislation, which may rely on estimates of outlays and receipts. So they don't even have to have the facts. They don't even have to the actual outlays. They can guess. Well, we think we're going to make uh, six, bill, $6 trillion in revenue, so we're going to spend $6 trillion. Oh, we only got $5 trillion. Well, I guess we'll have to make that up with borrowing. But our estimate was we were going to take in $6 trillion. There's your escape clause. There's your borrowing clause right there, Section 6.
2: You're absolutely right. It sounded like one of these African country constitutions.
1: <laughs> yeah. I, I'd like to study those. If you have a, a constitution of an African country, I'd be very curious to read it. Do you know what else is interesting, interesting to read to? is the Confederate Constitution. Have you ever heard a chance? There's some very interesting things in it for, for our present government. Uh, if you take, uh, obviously, the slavery sections, the authorized slavery. But if you read the, the Confederate Constitution, the limits on the federal government from the Confederate Constitution are really interesting. I might drag that out someday and, uh, and cover that. Okay, here's number seven. We've got, we've got two more. Section seven, total receipts shall include all receipts of the United States government except those derived from borrowing. What? <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> so, so, so they don't count borrowing? Uh, okay, uh, it says total outlays shall include all outlays of the United States government except for those for repayment of the debt principal. I'm not sure about this one. I, I need I need somebody with, with more economic knowledge than me to translate what that means. Total receipts shall include all receipts of the United States and receipts, in other words, that's money coming in, right? That's revenue of the United States government except those derived from borrowing. So they're excluding borrowing from that the... means no,
2: that it mean that you're expected income amount can never be pinned down especially see your expected income (laughs) your expected income amount is it can't be uh pinned down because it may be less or it may be more but what they're saying that the, the expected income amount can always be more because they'll borrow and borrow and borrow
1: well, it seems to me too that the whole point of the balanced budget amendment is that they don't borrow, and they've just given themselves a clause for borrowing. And not only have they given themselves a clause for borrowing, they've exempted that borrowing from counting as revenue. <laughs> so, in other words, they, 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 the, the borrowing is, is is outside the budget; it doesn't count. Just it's like just he, extra money.
2: just like he is giving capital police raises, where you just got off what is September, October. Oh, here we are in January, three months, almost four months later. Than the proposed budget, and you already have increased the expenditure, and the, and the budget is not even so on. It just continues to go on. It's a bunch mm-hmm. of hogwash. <laughs> well, uh,
1: is make so sure funny. you put
2: this. Uh, make sure you put these points up. Oh, oh, it's yeah. actually okay.
1: anybody can find it. It's uh, I, I posted it in the economic page. I posted, I think, our government page. I posted. I'll put it back in the Action Radio uh, group. But it's House Joint yeah, Resolution please, Three. three. House Joint Resolution 3, 117th Congress. Okay, I'm undone. It gets worse. (laughs) It really does. So the second part of Section 7, total outlays shall include all outlays of the United States government. I guess that's what spending money. Except for those for repayment of debt principal. Well, they never repay the debt principal. I don't think they've ever touched the debt principal. Hell, they're barely covering the interest. So what does this mean? Total outlays? So any money they spend on debt principal doesn't count as, as debt. So in other words, they can say something goes for debt principal. And that's not counted in this balanced budget amendment. But what if it doesn't go to debt principal? What if they spend a trillion dollars on debt principal and then redirect it to uh, their favorite welfare program?
2: Well, it's like the uh, paying off of a car loan or mortgage. You can pay more on the principal mm-hmm. every month along with your normal, uh, your scheduled payment. Mm-hmm. So that's what they're fashioning it off of.
1: Mm. And this doesn't even count money laundering, you know, through Ukraine or anywhere else. Here's the kicker. Second eight. Are you ready for this? This article shall take effect beginning with the fifth fiscal year beginning after its ratification. It doesn't take effect for five years.
2: Well, they've still got some uh, more stuff that they were scared Trump was going to disrupt that they've got to get uh, carried out so everybody can have their sandwiches.
1: Here's what else can happen in five years. They can overturn it. They can ratify it. Yeah, it's a rule. They can ratify it, overturn it three years later. It's gone.
2: Why would you wait? It's a rule
1: and it's a law. If it's that critical to amend the Constitution with a balanced budget amendment, why would you wait five years for it to take effect?
2: Well, exactly. Plus, you wouldn't have these switches, on-off switches in there either. Mm-hmm. This. See, the on-off switches let you amend as you go along, that I mean, is, and that's not right. It should be one thing, and that's it.
1: This is and,
2: and every person you talk to don't know will have a clue about what you're saying. You know what I mean, when you speak along of these analytical review terms, they don't have a clue. That's why I come to this stuff is is getting completely out of control.
1: Well, the media didn't rep- The media would not report what I just reported. Nobody no, they not to-
2: yeah. the media the media benefit from Pfizer's. Uh, revenue increases. Why? And yeah. because Pfizer would be taken out ass with the media.
1: So the vested interests, those that want to have complete control to borrow us into economic suicide would never do what I just did, which is read the actual balance budget that was in the last Congress. Congress could have ratified that. Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer could have had that ratified in the last session, but they didn't because I think they knew it wasn't going to work. I don't know what's the Democrats play
2: games like they play grains, turning to Jeffries, who is black,
1: to oh uh, uh, well, Wait a minute, to,
2: to set the table.
1: Let's see, but the Republicans matched it. They they matched a black person with a black person.
2: Well, they should have. Th- th- that's exactly right. They should have. But oh, okay, ultimately, ultimately, the results is going to be the same. You still are moving away
1: from. Uh, it,
2: see, if you're doing the right thing, no matter what color of skin, it's the right thing.
1: Well, I agree with that. But what I'm saying is the Republicans in, in putting forward a black candidate for speaker have just confirmed that race is everything, that race means everything. The Demo- We know the Democrats think that race means everything. And if yeah, you and color, they use race, race, race again, what's that? It's skin color. Okay, skin color. All right. So skin color means everything. Then, then the only people who can represent uh, conservatives and not be called racists have to have really dark skin color. Well, that doesn't make any sense. You know, we're we're, we're uh, back in segregation. We're back in political. This this is political segregation.
2: Well, the the, the very parties that was very uh, effective during segregation, they just have evolved in what you're reading today.
1: Yeah. So segregation is alive and well. You know, and uh, and they're heading for American, we're, we're heading for citizen slavery. You know, at least they're, they're egalitarian. Everybody's going to be a slave. And I get back to John Galt and Howard Rourke, uh, characters in uh, Ann Rand's novels. So y'all should watch, go watch The Fountainhead, you know, and, the, and watch Atlas Shrugged. You guys will get a wholly different perspective on, on what it means to be a, a human being and to get the recognition and the credit and the ability to keep the fruits of your labor and that you do not have to serve your fellow man. You know, I'm I'm doing this not to serve everybody else. I'm doing this to bring about my own freedom. And in bringing out my own freedom, the only way I can bring out my own freedom is to bring out everybody else's with me. <laughs> you know, and that's okay. Yeah,
2: because if everybody else is a slave and you are trying to be free, what good is it?
1: I cannot be free if the entire rest of the country is enslaved. I can't. I can't live as a free man. And that's my goal. All right, let me play a couple things. It's 753. I'm actually knowing the time now, so I'll make my notes, my show notes a little easier to do. Play a couple of things. Jonathan's going to join us in just a few minutes. So we'll have a couple minutes to chat um, after I get back, and uh, we'll do some more stuff. Greg Penglis here for my book, The Complete Guide to Flight Instruction. Everyone at some point in their life wants to learn how to fly. Few try. Even fewer go on to get a license. I believe a major reason for that is how we teach people how to fly. The complete guide to flight instruction is featured on the Action Radio with Greg Panklos Facebook page and is available from Amazon.com. From Addiction to Achievement, that is the story of Mike Lindell. It started with My Pillow and now goes to My Coffee. Action Radio is proud to be an affiliate of My Pillow. Our discount code is the same for all our product affiliates, W-Y-L, which stands for Write Your Laws. MyPillow pillows are guaranteed the most comfortable pillow you'll ever own. Action Radio is guaranteed to be the most controversial show you will ever hear. Check out their products with our discount code at MyPillow.com slash W-Y-L. That's mypillow.com slash WYL. Or order now by calling 1-800-544-8939. That's 1-800-544-8939. Sleep well so you can wake up and hear Action Radio live. Joe Biden's Dark Winter. No freedom. No liberty. No guns, no representation, no oil, no coal, no nuclear power, no space force, no constitution, no family gatherings, no vacations, just taxes, work, misery, masks, lockdowns, and ever more government. This is what will happen if you let Marxists steal the election. This has been a public service announcement of Action Radio, reminding you it's time to get off your butt and save your country. Action Radio. Part of the ADHD Radio Network. The ultimate free speech zone. We the people give our consent to be governed. Through writing the laws by which we are governed, Action Radio. And we're back we a couple of minutes before Jonathan Mosley joins us, and he's been sending a, a variety of articles. And again, I'm going to ask him about the whole idea of house rules uh, and, and different things like that. Uh, just to remind you, too, that we are in a major fundraising uh, drive here, and so if you want to contribute to your own freedom uh, and the work that we do here, givestengo.com slash actionradio. That's givesendgocom dot slash action radio. Our website you can share for the show, blogtalkradio.com slash Action, And our legislative website where the real work is done. We talk about stuff here, but we do stuff there. And that's at writeyourlaws.com, W-R-I-T-Y-O-U-R-L-A-W-S, writeyourlaws.com. All right, Pianki. in a couple of minutes we have before uh, Jonathan, um, I got a question for you. And this is something that happened just uh, in the news over, I think it was yesterday I first heard about this. There's a lawsuit. Uh, the, the the partner, as they say, of uh, Brian Sitnik, uh, Sandra, Sandra Garza. Sandra Garza has a lawsuit, a $10 million lawsuit, I'm going to ask Jonathan about this too, uh, against um, Donald Trump saying that his actions January 6th contributed to the death of Brian Sitnik, who initially they said was killed by a fire extinguisher, which is a total lie, uh, and then they said died of natural causes. And I've got a third reason I think he died. And I think that would totally uh, overturn this web this uh, this lawsuit. But uh, did you hear about this, Pianchi? Did you uh, do you have an opinion on it? Well, I'm curious. You and can't, I'll tell you you what, can't tell you sue. I think.
2: You can't sue no federal official. Hmm.
1: So this publicity lawsuit. This is part of that, like uh, those uh, This is August ambulance cases? chase. Well, I tell you what, since since Jonathan's right here, let me let me add, I'm going to bring him on right away. So Jonathan Mosley, our our, our legal expert, does the, the legal report here on on Action Radio. Um, some this just in case uh, Jonathan missed that. Sandra Garza has a 10 million million lawsuit against Donald Trump uh, for the I guess the um, the causing the death of whatever they put in the OJ thing, responsible for the death of Brian Sitnik. Who was initially, like I said, you know, the the, the media was reporting he was killed by a fire extinguisher. That was anti-Trump propaganda. Uh, then they said he died of natural causes, which are two strokes. I don't think that's the reason he died. I'll get to that in a minute. But uh, Jonathan, before we get all into uh, all the other fun stuff going on, have you heard about this case? And and uh, does she have a claim at all?
3: Yes, I downloaded it. And they also <clears throat> there were two demonstrators on uh, 9/11 who allegedly um I, I don't know the details so i'm just going to say they physically interacted with officer brian sicknick and uh they were charged with that and so he the the lawsuit is also against them Surpri- i'm surprised they're not against everyone um mm-hmm. i you know in, in a normal world you know the you know <clears throat> if we weren't in bizarro world um the lawsuit <laughs> would be thrown out immediately And the, um, the plaintiffs really, you know, left-wing plaintiffs, uh, lawyers would, uh, pay the attorney's fees of the defendants, uh, because it's, because the, the DC coroner's report is overwhelmingly clear that the lawsuit is completely false. So, um, it, it's, um, it's the worst kind of frivolous lawsuit because of the fat because the D C coroner has determined that that it didn't happen.
1: Well here's... Um
3: You know go go yeah, ahead, Mark Vade. Yeah. Uh Z A I D. Um so these are you know, these are left wing lawyers who do these kinds of things as um, mm-hmm. you know, part of part of their pro bono left wing activism and uh the so they chasers.
2: what they're ambulance
3: chasers, chasers. well no the the, the the they are in a sense but they're also they're left wing activists you know they the these lawsuits if you look into them are being brought by lawyers who are um they're they're not acting as lawyers they're acting as 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 um you know extensions of the democrat party.
1: Do you have funding sources? Well, you know, is this a hold on, Is this a Hillary thing? Is this a George Soros thing? Is this the Democrat Party funding this directly? Big tech, big pharma, all of the above. Who's funding these lawyers?
3: Well, I don't know where their money's coming from. They, they, uh, you know, I, I but they uh, like, but I recognize the people like Mark Zaid, Z a i d, is a big time left wing Democrat activist lawyer. Huh. You know, so a lot of these things a lot of these lawsuits and legal actions and. Things are, are done by these same people. Um, okay. I don't recognize the first two lawyers mentioned, but 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 um, certainly recognize the last guy. Yeah, you guy last so, week. Arias,
1: um, I think. Who's that guy? Mark Arius or someone like that? What's his name? Mark Elias is one. Elias, of them. there we go. Democrat lawyer. Yeah. He's not. Well, yankee yeah. he's, 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 he's Go ahead.
3: He's like an evil Chris Kobach. Um, he he's the uh, he's one of the legal architects of of controlling illegal immigration. And um <clears throat> Elias is like a ma- you know, oversized mastermind. And he's got a reputation for winning because um because, you know, Republican lawyers just just uh, give up. <laughs> You know, it's like it's like you, you for, play the Super Bowl. Yeah. What in a month or so we'll have the Super Bowl, and right. one team will just will just get up there, and uh, you know, at, at the kickoff, will get down on their knees and put their hands behind their back and surrender. Uh, that's how that's how Democrat lawyers are so successful because Republicans just quit, and don't yeah. don't
1: even try. Um, well, let me get to Pianki's point, then I have a question for you, and then I want to get to your topics. But uh, let's get to Piacchi's question okay. first. Yeah. Pianki had a point? Well, I guess I'm well, getting my big point.
2: Yeah. Yet. Yeah, you know, a lawyer, just like you try to make a, a news reporter reveal their source, you should make a lawyer should be required to reveal their source of funding. Also, why come the D.C. police is not held to the same standards as your local police when it comes down to a smash and grab? Uh, people running into stores, running out with stuff undeterred. I mean, should not the same analogy apply? I, I think, that's
1: a, that was, yeah, no, I think yeah. that's a different issue. Yeah, no, I think that's a different issue. I want to take that another time. But get back to the, the initial thing of the funding. Should lawyers be required to disclose their funding for a case?
3: Yes. I mean, okay. like when, when Sydney Powell, when... To some extent, when Sidney Powell was um, funding the Oath Keepers' defense attorneys, the prosecution went went you know ape over over that and um, and the uh, and, and demanded <clears throat> that the lawyers disclose their funding sources. And Judge Amit Mehta, um, inappropriately and, and really in violation of the Sixth Amendment um allowed you know ordered the defense attorneys to um to disclose you know who was funding them uh it's a it's you know it's a it's a direct attack on the right to be represented by counsel you know it's intended to intimidate and threaten and prevent people from getting uh fundraising and things like that so i mean the the government is doing it but but the um <coughs> The issue is, you know, whether there's a conflict or whether um, uh, a a one of the the thing that came up that the hook that they used Mm -hmm. is that um, um, is that they uh, a funder cannot dictate the the legal representation. The lawyer must answer to the client not to the person who's paying the bills. And so that's, that's even though yeah. everybody knows that and it's on the bar exam mm-hmm. and it's completely non-controversial, you mm-hmm. know, they tried to come up with this huge fake um, hysteria that, you know, there's a danger that they would, um, you know, that they that uh, the attorney, you know, maybe... The, the, the client or the or the attorney doesn't know that they can't but basically what was happening was is that because the the defendants had attorneys mm-hmm. they were putting up a defense prosecution wanted them all to plead guilty so they were they were attacking anything that they thought would stand in the way of a guilty plea and so um they they use that to say that they have to do that. But, but the thing is, is it is, it is true that, that if someone other than the plaintiff here mm-hmm. is paying for it, they do have to, they do have to have a side agreement with them saying that, you know, they understand that the, that the, the funder does not decide anything about the lawsuit. The, um, the plaintiff has to, but, it's the, same, it's the same thing with, like, the, you know, suing DeSantis and Perry about flying people to Martha's Vineyard. And it's an equally, equally ridiculous lawsuit because, you know, because what's, what's the harm? I mean, it's like um, <clears throat> if I intrude upon your privacy to hand you $100,000 in gold coins, mm-hmm. what's the harm? You know, because a lawsuit requires um, a legal, you know, a a um, it requires uh, a legal wrong,
1: mm-hmm.
3: um, damage, mm-hmm. and proximate causation between the between the uh, the wrong and the damage. So, you know, we were taught in law school that if somebody is driving drunk, swerving all over the road and they come within an inch of hitting you but they don't touch you, you have no lawsuit. Because they didn't damage your car. Now, creative law lawyers could probably come up with something but <clears throat> like you know oh, emotional distress, to, you know,
1: distress or emotional some of those other things. But
3: you yeah. have to be able were damaged yeah. in order to have a lawsuit. So you can mm-hmm. have a perfect lawsuit, but you know, darn it, I was I didn't lose anything. So yeah. um so that that's like that's like here. It's like um, so you got flown to Martha's Vineyard. You know, boohoo. Um,
1: <laughs> well, I, I think they should all go uh, the, uh, the the lobbies of all the federal buildings. Let me let me jump in for for, for my my take on this, and then Pianki has a point, uh, and then I want to get on to Kevin McDeep's date, which which I think is our, our big issue today. But the thing that people have forgotten, I did a show on this. I don't know if, if either of you remember this. But I contend that Brian Sitnik was the first death from the COVID shot. And the reason I say that is because he had two blood clots and causing two strokes for a 43-year-old healthy, you know, Capitol Hill police officer. And the, reason, uh, the other reason is that the timeline works because they all got their jabs mid-December. Nancy Pelosi made sure that the Capitol Hill staff, Capitol Hill police, members of Congress were the first to get their jabs. And it makes sense to me that mid-December to January 6th, three weeks, there's every possibility that he developed blood clots and died because of the COVID shot. And the only way we'll find that out, uh, first of all, if he hasn't been cremated, um, but uh, if, if they do a, another autopsy and they actually look for blood clots. See, I don't know if the, if the coroner's report details uh, you know what, to what extent those blood clots were there. And if you've got like those two-foot-long rubbery blood clots that people are dying from every day from the COVID shot, that might be the best defense in the world. Uh, plus, it would alert people that uh, you've been wrong all along. That this re- this is the first public COVID death, Jonathan.
3: Well, I mean, it's, it's, it it may be the most lie about death, uh, maybe other than than Epstein. Um, <laughs> and uh, they, uh, um, but but yeah, I mean the the D, the the um, DC. I mean, the thing is, is there are so many different theories, none of them based in fact, mm-hmm. about Brian's sickness. You know, the, on, on January, because I, let me say, I have seen some legal pleadings. In fact, let me see if they were filed. To Because, well, first of all, let's back up. Because, you know, as, as late, a, 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 as recently as January 4th, the U.S. Department of Justice, you know, A political appointee can make political speeches um, on their own, Mm -hmm. but this was an official act of the U.S. Department of Justice. Uh, They put out a press release honoring the five police officers who died as a result of January 6th. And, of course, we know that's a complete and total lie. So um, I know of several... Let me check into this. Several, um, a- and the thing is, we've had even even in the in the tr- in the prosecutions, we've had um, references to 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 people dying or being being deadly or something like that. So, but the report is actually very strongly against the tide. It's quite it's quite interesting how. The, the D.C. chief medical examiner mm-hmm. went. Uh, he just like you know, what's the right word? You know he well. I mean, okay, I'll say it. He he bitch slapped all of the you know <laughs> official, official Washington's yeah um, theories about the whole thing. He said you there have was no physical.
1: Do you have that report?
3: I what?
1: Can I look at it? Can I look it up? I mean, I'd love to read if there's to the extent of the blood class and see if it's and run it by some of our doctor friends. See if this is a COVID death potentially.
3: I had it and I can't find where I where I had it.
1: Oh, so I see if I, can look I, it up. I
3: was I was researching it mm-hmm. and um, I found a lot of quotes from it. And the news rec- the news coverage is very is very strong. Um, you know, for example, he the the, the coroner says that if there is any injury that um, contributes to the death or hastens the death, it is not ruled as natural causes. Hmm. Uh, So, um, so, um, I'm looking right now to see if, if it was actually filed. Um,
1: yeah, I'm kind of surprised well, with not. this. I just uh, heard this last night on the news, so it's a, it's kind of a, a last minute thing. Okay, um, Pianchi at one point, and then we'll get to uh, some of the other stuff. Right. Jonathan, or Jonathan, was that you or Pianchi?
3: I mean, because this Jonathan, is well, well, well like, Pianchi,
1: Jonathan, go ahead. if he wants a chance.
3: Okay. Well, I mean, I'm supposed to do politics and, um, the intersection of politics and 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 law. So I will tell you that. Um, where is it? Um, shoot, that that the. In, you remember Richard Barnett was the guy who put his feet up on. Now we say Nancy Pelosi's desk. Okay, she doesn't just have one room. You know, the Speaker of the House has the Speaker's Lobby, which is like, um, <clears throat> you know, the size of two medium-sized houses. in terms of floor Wow. Um, I've never seen it. She has a private office, and she has various working offices. So I'm not sure what that means when it comes to, you know, when you go, we took the tour of the prosecutor and saw where actually Babbitt was shot. That hallway, the the stairway is actually very small, but you're looking through a window, and you can't see it on these other things Mm that off where the guy is hiding. There's like a whole. I mean, it would be like a whole golden corral worth of of, de- of tables with chairs on them for oh. for me- people to meet. Um, it's just outside of view on the left from the, the from Ashley Babbitt uh, being uh, being shot. Um, so, um, but anyway, the guy who was he was put up by journalists to. Put you know to to taking a picture with his feet up on the on the desk. Mm-hmm. Um, he his trial starting today, I think jury selection. And um, he also is he also is alleged to have stolen government property consisting of an envelope. I kid you not. Mm-hmm. He brought a dead weapon into the U.S. Capitol building consisting of a hiking stick, and Um, And he was, you know, he he obstructed a police officer by asking the police officer if he could go back and get his flag. And that, so anyway, um, so so anyway, we have uh, um, today, where is it? Yeah, today, probably early morning, Mm -hmm. there was a motion filed that um, to to prohibit you know to ask to prohibit the government from being able to refer to the death of police officers what? and I believe part of the reason for um, part of the reason for um, filing it is of course to draw attention to to um this lie. And I believe that they need to, um, um, you know, so I think they need to do some, um, some fundraising on that. Anyway, so I'm just checking. So anyway, so it's out there, you know, calling, uh, calling. We can get All
1: right, no go trick, ahead. I'm sorry. you know. I'm just going to say, well, we can we can uh, you know, when you get a chance to take a look at it, we'll take more into it. I still think he died of a COVID shot. Uh, Pianki, let's get one point from you, and then uh, let's get to uh, Sir Jonathan's, uh main topic. Yeah, and, actually,
2: uh, I, we'll, we'll I want to okay. make a remark on three things. Uh, okay. You you may mention you came close to hitting me, but you didn't hit me. But it was a threat, and uh, those type of threats are are criminal. Uh, one reason why I come you need to know what the funding the one reason they don't want you to know what the funding for these lawyers are coming from then if you knew that you could do what they had done to the Mike pillow guy and everyone else start barcoding his products and uh you know this thing about uh trump causing the man to die well where's the autopsy you got to have an independent autopsy you can't have the, the uh, the claimant's uh, autopsy. Trump would have to have uh, independent autopsy to check the body to see if what they're claiming is actually true. If he's been cremated, well, the court the case goes no place.
1: Yeah.
3: I, I, let's I, uh, I, 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 let's just address
1: yeah, go ahead. We'll address those quickly and then uh, and then we can move on. Sure. Yeah, Jonathan?
3: Very good point because because he was cremated.
1: Oh, uh, I was wondering about that
3: so um they uh that would eliminate uh you know like you say in 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 a normal world, not in bizarro world that we're in mm-hmm. um that would be the end of it right there be say sorry you didn't you know didn't preserve the evidence uh um you know it'd be like it like saying you know i um you I know what else
2: Jonathan you should look um, at his. You should look at his religious belief. Is he Catholic? They don't believe in cremation, so they would have you know. been coerced to cremate to get rid of the evidence. Let
1: That's me, a very good just, point. I just so want I mean, to go ahead, but I want, I want to. I want to get onto Kevin while we still have that fresh, and then we can. Because uh, this case is going to go on for a bit. Now. The fact that he's cremated makes a huge difference. I, I was suspected it, but I wasn't sure. Jonathan. Yeah. I just don't want to limit your topics because this is your report, so I want to make sure we get to uh right. what you want to talk about. So, anyway. so go ahead.
3: Okay, well let's see, we talked offline about what you want what you want to talk about. Um Let's go. So um so yeah, you wanna I mean you, you sometimes phrase things in <laughs> questions that are impossible to answer.
1: That uh, mean um, sometimes. <laughs> That's like my standard operating procedure.
3: Yeah, I guess so. So, uh so you wanted to know. You wanted to know why. Why does uh, you know how how did did uh, Kevin McCarthy become speaker? Like you know, okay, I'm you know we don't. I mean, the thing. I mean, I do. I do think. I mean, of course, there was many, many different ideas and theories about all this. You know, some people, some people view letting Kevin McCarthy ever become speaker is, is a failure. That would be me. And, and yeah, it sounds like it. And, (laughs) you know, I'm, I'm thinking that, I mean, okay, the biggest, the biggest reason why he became speaker Mm -hmm. is because nobody else ran, really, which I find very strange in 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 November and December, when it was obvious that we already knew that he didn't have the votes, mm-hmm. nobody else front so- so how are you gonna fight you know all the way to the end to keep Kevin McCarthy from being speaker if nobody's willing to to uh to be an alternate now one of the things I found especially amazing was when um when uh who 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 put uh, oh shoot, I forgot I, I knew somebody put um jim jordan oh Matt Gates put Jim Jordan in a magnificent speech mm-hmm. in uh, into nomination for speaker. Mm-hmm. what's interesting is that um is that Jim Jordan did not refuse. He did not say no. I'm not running. He did not take his name out of consideration, which I thought was very interesting. So I thought that, I thought that it was. I thought the whole thing was choreographed.
1: Well, that's interesting because he said he didn't want the job. He'd rather be an investigator. He'd rather run judiciary, which makes sense. I, I've actually met Jim Jordan briefly when he was at a rally with uh, Matt Gaetz, uh, Ron DeSantis, and Sean Hannity. This is about maybe two, three years ago. Um, really decent guy and definitely intense. <laughs> you know. So, But uh, what, what's strange is, is what you're saying. But I, I want to get into the uh, – yes, I was talking to Bianchi about this a little earlier – of the idea of, of uh, the fear. The fear that these people have, if they don't go along with the party, they don't get their campaign funds. They don't get their committee chairs. They don't get their committee assignments. They can't bring their money back to their, their military district or their welfare city or their, uh, you know, whatever industry, their, their mining industry or, or whatever they have. They can't do that if they don't vote for who the party wants to be the speaker. And I think this is the biggest evidence yet, and although it happens every day, for outlawing uh, party membership if, as, your, as an elected official because the, all the power goes to the Speaker. And the only reason they voted for McCarthy is they're terrified not to. Well, that's no way right. to run an election. So okay. let's,
3: let's, let's step back then um, to the big picture. Um, okay. And, you know, it's, it's like they do with news or whatever. They tease you the interesting part, but then they have to go back and explain. So
2: mm-hmm. the, the thing is that,
3: ironically, the house, the people's house, the mm-hmm. House elected to. By the the voters, mm-hmm. it is the most dictatorial institution we you know we have in at the, at that level. The speaker has absolute well not absolute but pretty close to absolute power mm-hmm. um, to to run the house and all of its details. And um, what happens is on day one when the speaker is is nominated, they have to put rules in place uh for the next session of Congress. The rules don't really carry over from one um from one session to the next. So okay. they have to read rules. The Constitution says that the House and the Senate shall be you know, shall be the deterrent of their own rules and <clears throat> and the the sole judge of their own rules. So um they uh They set these rules, and the rules basically give immense power to the Speaker of the House. And that includes putting people on committees, taking them off. Um, uh, You know, the rules committee, it it basically runs everything to a large extent.
1: So the Speaker,
3: you know, uh, loads the the rules committee Mm -hmm. with his, uh, well, we used to say his boys, I guess. He is minions, and, yeah.
1: So, yeah. His, um, his little army, yeah.
3: Yeah, so so when when a when it goes through the rules committee when a bill goes through the rules committee, the rules have already sort of rigged the game before it starts. Okay. It decides what how you know, who who can who can offer amendments, if any, uh how much time each side gets uh, to debate. Uh, so, so b- basically, by the time uh, legislation reaches the floor, it's uh, it's it's almost predetermined what's going to happen. Even though we're supposed to have 435 representatives closest to the people and most responsive to the people, we actually have the exact opposite.
1: Yeah, we have one. So, we have one um, who's responsible to themselves and the party. That's what it looks like.
3: Right, and so so you call. I forget what you call him. I call him Swamp Boy. Um,
1: oh, Deep State. Because, I call him Mick I, Deep State. <laughs> Kevin McDeep State.
3: Right. It's hard to say so that. I mean, and the reason why I call um, the reason why I call Kevin McCarthy Swamp Boy is because mm-hmm. the Swamp King is Mitch McConnell. Um, and um, there's a there's a meme on Facebook showing that you know Spider Man. Um, takes off his, I, I guess, or somebody has these glasses. <laughs> right. And when he takes his glasses off, he sees Kevin McCarthy. When he puts the glasses on, he sees uh, Mitch McConnell.
0: <laughs> is
3: who, you know, Kevin, who's really behind Kevin. So now remember, in November, they the, the deep state knew they didn't have the votes for Kevin McCarthy. because And see, this is the thing they're saying. Kevin McCarthy made a lot of promises.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Hello, this has been going on, you know, for 70 years. Here it comes, folks. I so mean, pay, this has been like, a, you know, making, prom- making promises they have no intention of keeping and will break. You haven't seen this movie? This is like Jaws 37. You know, this is like, you know, th- how many times are we going to see this movie?
1: before this is I respect you in the morning. Goes, you know, it's so familiar. <laughs> I'll respect you in the morning um, if you have sex with me tonight. Oh, really? You know, <laughs> this, is, this is the promise. This is the one-night stand promise. I'll say – they'll say anything to get their one-night stand right. and then move it's, on to whatever they want to do. They'll say
3: anything. Yeah. Right. So, yep. you know, well, Ke- you know, Kevin McCarthy said that he would do this, <laughs> this, and this. Like, right? mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. And, 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 you know, how many times are Republicans, you know, real Republicans, conservatives, patriotic and Americans <laughs> going to be lied to? And, uh, and 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 accept it. So that's what I mean. That's why this this showdown
1: was so extraordinary. Because Wasn't it fun the, for a um, while? Freedom broke out. It was temporary, but there was actually some debate in Congress. Something was interesting. Something actually, a decision could have been made on the floor. It was it was it was the best thing I've seen in Congress in a long time, probably since Newt Gingrich. Right. Well, well
3: incredible. We also got to see who are you know, who are the rhinos on like Fox news Mm -hmm. and, and everything else like that, you know, because they're all screaming that, you know, this, this, uh, I don't know how to characterize it, but this fight means we're not getting to um, investigating uh, the the Biden, the Biden's (laughs) and the Biden administration. And my reaction is, there ain't kind of being you know it, 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 there might be now after the spike after the mm-hmm. rules that they've negotiated, uh-huh. but you know do, do you i mean what happened during the Obama administration what happened during the Clinton administration did these did the do the insider establishment rhino Republicans investigate anything
0: mm-hmm. and there yep. are
3: so many ways for them to 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 phoning up investigations to make it look like we're going to investigate, but not really doing anything. <clears throat> it's like, um, I say, in the BBC, marvelous 1980s, back when it, was, it wasn't totally left, uh, you know, TV show called um, Yes, Prime Minister. And there's this whole episode about the fact that the purpose of an investigation is not to find anything. Yep. It's to go through the motions and say, we investigated and we didn't find anything because we didn't want to find anything. So, you know, there's not going to be any investigation uh, it, under business as usual. So then they say that, well, we, we have to get on with the business of, um, of cutting spending. But you just agreed to a $1.7 trillion omnibus mm-hmm. that funds the government through September 30 at midnight. You know, so knowing that they didn't have – this is what I was starting to say – knowing that they didn't have the votes – Uh They um, then went out and, you know, uh, did obscene things all night long with the Democrats and, you know, and passed this offensive orgy of spending and legislating. I mean, if you if they wanted to try to win over some some votes, there is nothing more outrageously offensive that they could have done than to go along with the $1.7 trillion omnibus. Now, McCarthy did not personally vote for it. I, someone asked, I looked it up. Mm-hmm. But he didn't fight it either. And, and uh, 18 Republican senators voted for it. So if you're going to be reminded that this is what we can, can expect from uh, you know the John Boehners, the Eric Cantors, the Paul Ryans, and, you know, I think that this was a, this is a wake-up call to the deep State. It was, and I think we have to understand what happened, for those who watched it carefully, as mm-hmm. being just one step. You know, it's like one little skirmish in a war. You can't look at it as a, in my opinion, as a self-contained entire thing. You say, well, what did it accomplish? What were you aiming for? What were you trying to do? I, you know, I think you have to. See it as just one. I mean, it's not a standalone uh, thing. It's a, it's part of the process. So it's going to be meaningless unless the fight continues. But people are saying that you know we gave people um, we gave people uh, a vote. You know that we gave they gave Republicans the power, and they're not using it because they're engaged in this fight. It's like no, this is the power. I mean, to me, it's like the the, the the conservative Republicans are exercising power. They're you know they're slapping around the the deep state. Now, it is true that that the gelding Republicans, as you call them, the mm-hmm. deep state Republicans, seem to have learning disabilities. They are <laughs> incapable of learning from experience. So I I don't have high hopes mm-hmm. that the uh, establishment. Republicans in the swamp will learn anything because if they if they could learn something, they would have learned that their whole their candidates don't you know don't win like President Romney and President uh, Dole and President uh, McCain and everything like that, and they're just not able to learn anything. But you know we hope that they have some uh, you know they've been placed on notice. I mean, Because the thing is, the other thing, too, that's really interesting, actually, and I want to get to the concessions from, to be a little bit legal here, but um, okay. think about this in the context of how the Republican Party and official Washington is trying to move us to, a, to abandon Trump and move to a post-Trump Republican Party, which, of course, to them means business as usual. Right. It means let's get back to the orgy of lobbying, money, and and uh, everything like that, and let's just forget about all this, in, you know, insurgency of the grassroots against Washington. Well, that didn't happen. You know, don't you think that it's awfully interesting that that um, <clears throat> you know? Hey, I, I keep saying people people don't understand that. The insert the insurgency. I, I posted on Facebook. Swamp versus reform is different from um, conservative versus liberal. They're not the same thing. You know, we, we we're all focused on conservative versus liberal, but there's I'm a not. whole different analysis.
1: <laughs> yeah. Go what? Ahead. Well, I'm not. I am mean, so there's I, a whole I, that's, different that's, analysis. the choreography of, you, you mentioned earlier. Is exactly the point that you were making.
3: Yeah. So so it's it's a question of are you for reform, or are you for business as usual, the status quo, the swamp? Let's get back to uh you know let's let's get back to um, you know the bribery uh, laundromat is uh open to business again okay. um, so you know so that, that's you know so that I contend that existed before Trump that exist, that would have existed if Trump had never been born, and it will continue to exist. And I don't care how much they attack Trump. I don't, I don't care how much they try to smear him. I don't care how much they try to get him in legal trouble. It's not going to win the American people back to the old <clears throat> 1950s um, corrupt Republican Party. They're not. Well, the- you know, I'm sorry your, your ex- boyfriend is not your ex girlfriend is not mm-hmm. coming back
1: <laughs> Well, the curtains so open. You know, you know, uh, the, man, the, the man behind the curtain's been exposed the uh, you know the, the The Wizard of Oz you know the whole bit is right there we've seen uh, Trump has shown us that there is another way that it is possible. And all these people who I'll going to be in a second, but all these people who have said for decades that you can't have it. this is the way things are it's going to go from McCain to Romney. To uh, uh, to Jeb Bush, oh, and that's, that's the natural order of things. And you know, it's like the board. Resistance is futile. Inside. Yeah, this is this is the board. This is resistance this is futile. Anybody who challenges the authority is going to get crushed. And, and, this, and they just proved it again. And I want to get to Trump and what he said in a little bit. But this is where we're going. And what Trump did, and this is why Trump is so valuable and why he has to come back and, and win in 2024. And I'm going to do everything I can to help make that happen. I'm going to see if I can get Peter Navarro back on the show so we can talk about, you know, citizen legislation involving us in the campaign. Is that he's the only person, And as much as I love Ron DeSantis, he's great. But Trump is the only person. Who can? Who can? I believe who can galvanize and is mad enough and has enough vision to say that America can be great and we can do this. And you don't well, I, have to but, accept but business I, as usual. I, Go ahead.
3: I would I would alter what you're saying a little bit because okay. I think that once the snowball has been you know started rolling downhill, it can't be stopped. Okay. With or without, I mean, if 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 a UFO, you know, took out, you know. Away to another galaxy, it would not. It would not stop. What's happening?
1: Yeah, but we need I somebody. Mean, I, think, good. I think he was yeah, essential. Uh, yeah,
3: and I think he is essential. But it's but it will continue without him. Okay. With or without him, it will continue.
1: Oh, I believe it, but I just it I just think he'd be the stopped. best one right now because uh, he's got the momentum, he's got the popularity. Pianki, you've been waiting patiently. And only, maybe. Um, yeah. Okay. That well, we, be, we, we just the agree.
2: fantasy yeah. of the
3: fantasy of the swamp that they can stop the reform and put right. the peasants back in their in their hovels. Yeah. Um, is a fantasy. It's not going to happen.
2: Yeah.
1: Which is great. That's well a, no, that,
2: it's been further it's yeah. been further demonstrated because the Supreme Court has denied the victory for the Brunson case
1: just moments ago that's I'm not surprised at that. The, and, uh, let's talk about that, because that's, a good, that's a, good, a good issue to raise at this point. I mean, I have Lloyd Brunson on it. the show the for court two is hours.
2: you not going to elect the president. That, has, that issue has to go back to the state. For some reason or another, people don't want to do that. Article 5 is the only way you're going to get this stuff straightened out. Then if it don't get straightened out, then there's one last remedy, which I wish not to talk about.
1: No, and I won't even to talk about Article 5 at this point, but uh, it's a good point, and we should spend more time on it. I just don't want to do it now. I want to get back to this. We'll, well, we'll take up the Brunson case in a minute. What I want to know, Jonathan, is what you think of what happened between the 14th and the 15th vote when these people said, no, I'm not going to vote for McCarthy under any circumstances, particularly Matt Gates and Lauren Robert are the two that stand out right now. But this is this tweet that's circulating all over Twitter of somebody whispering in, in uh, Matt Gaetz's ear and him looking absolutely disgusted. And the fact that he also got a Trump phone call. I think he and, and Lauren Boebert both got the call and had the talk. <clears throat> and, and we just actually saw it happen as opposed to it being done, you know, under the Capitol January 6th when they all got the talk. Um, but what, what do you think happened? What did Trump promise? What, what went on? What's, what's, and it's pure guesswork, because we can't prove this. But what's your speculation about what happened between that 14th and 15th vote, where Boebert and, and Gates voted present, which lowered the threshold of the majority and allowed um, McCarthy to become speaker, but also allowed Boebert and, and Gates to say, well, we didn't vote for him. We, we voted present. But in fact, they did vote for him because it lowered the, the majority. What, what did Trump say? What's, what's the, what's the behind-the-scenes guess? Jonathan. Uh,
3: I mean, I don't know what Trump said. I mean, tr- Trump is, although he's a reformer and a disruptor, he, he is um, um,
1: the... Uh, Your line's all over the place. <laughs> it's hard to hear you right the, now. I don't know. Okay, go ahead.
3: Yeah, let me let me pick it up. The thing is, but but uh, I mean, I don't know what happened with Trump. I mean, the I mean, the officials' explanation is is that they got enough concessions on the rules package
0: mm-hmm. from
3: McCarthy and, and the others yeah, to mean w- that they had basically won.
1: They but we've established McCarthy. that's that's meaningless. Like, we we've already established those promises he, are, are worthless. As of now.
0: But no one else is willing to campaign
1: job. And and they got enough, as many, I think they,
3: you know, the official story is they got as many concessions, um, in terms of how things are going to run uh-huh. a, as close as, as, as possible. And, okay. you know, so it, you know, it's as if, as if they got a real conservative as, um, as speaker. So, um,
1: um, yeah, we're missing so something. So I don't now. know
3: how else
1: to... Something's missing. Have you much. seen that Twitter there, there, thing? Oh. Maybe Pianchi's seen what? it. Where somebody, have you seen that Twitter thing that's everywhere I've been posted myself where somebody, I, it might be McCarthy, it might be somebody, is talking directly into Gates' ear and then you see whoever that person is pulled back. Gates has a disgusted look on his face and then he votes present. What happened? What are we missing here?
3: No, I did not see that. That, that, that,
1: that is... Um, I that, think I sent it to your page. Concerning. Check your own page. I might have posted directly to you uh-huh. it's on Twitter. Uh, Shell Ackerson has it. Uh, Citizen Free Press has it. This thing's got half a million plus as of last night views, and and, and that's the caption. What is said? What you know? What what is the deal? And, and and then then the head pulls back. The talking head pulls back. You know, and then I mean he's talking right in, in Gates' ear. I mean this is this is up close and personal. This is this is definitely intimidation technique. And then Gates looks look totally dejected, totally depressed. Uh, and then I believe that's when he votes present. So something's wrong here. Something? Did he get a cabinet position? Did he get a, a lofty job in the Trump you know, administration? What did he get? Or did he not get anything at all? Was there a threat? Was it a cut or a stick? This is the big mystery. This is the part I'm curious about. And we'll know based on what Gates said in a
3: couple I mean, weeks. Now that you point that out, I'm, I'd like to know too. But, <clears throat> but like I say, the, the only <clears> – <throat> um, the 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 one uh the the one thing that I think argues in favor of the idea that they actually got most of what they were asking for is that is that the ball kept moving in terms of what concessions they made if they really did you know they really did agree to things that um, that uh you know that they were asking for so um you know, so well, I, I've got I, think, here. I think there's yeah, yeah, yeah and I, <clears throat> um, and you know, but but what I mean, you know, there was more going on. There, there's you know, there's no question about it. <laughs> That's why I'm asking.
1: Uh, <laughs> yes, I yeah, do. but but yeah, all, I all um, so. yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. I mean, but but I don't know that that we can um, uh, that we can uh find out. But you know, because of course the left keeps saying that Matt Gates is <clears throat> uh, was investigated for <clears throat> for sex traffic and whatever
1: the hell that means. Oh, they I don't made up those charges. Yeah, that we we we've we've all heard that. Yeah, it's like yeah, right. The person but, but the, totally discredited. But, you know, it's just it's just a, it's it's the obligatory sex scandal that the Democrats always put on Republicans who they don't like. Right.
3: So, but one one could argue that Matt Gates is the only politician we know who's been certified innocent because of, because it was thoroughly investigated uh, investigated um you know but the, the that doesn't you know the left doesn't stop doing it so i mean i don't you know if you want to be pessimistic or conspiratorial about the guy whispering um you uh i mean you could say that there's something about about whether they're willing to support him i mean I don't think a member of Congress has the Ability to affect an actual prosecution, at least not under normal situations. But um, you know, but one could imagine that 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 you know maybe they're saying, look, you've got problems, and we're not, you know, we're we're ba- We've
1: been backing you up. If you want us to continue backing you up, but whatever. I he mean, he doesn't take pack money. Is that a po- you know, but? He's got um, his own pack, so he doesn't take pack money, but he's got his own pack. And so money. He's one of the more independent people there. I think Trump could talk to him. That's what I think. I think Trump said.
3: On I, this I, now, I think it's been we'll pretty much on a
1: different admitted. Field. Yeah.
3: I think that's been pretty much admitted that he, ta- he oh, was has? calling everybody. Okay. Yeah. Well, Trump has been. Calling, but it doesn't.
1: But I. Uh, okay. Go ahead. But it does, we don't know what he said. Well, that's the question. That's what I'm speculating. What would Trump, say, yeah. what would Trump say? So, so let's get, and then I get Pianchi's opinion on this too, but what would, what I think Trump would say, you know, don't, we'll end this battle now. We're going to win the war. We're going to pick this up in the campaign, get him a speaker, move on. And let's, uh, let's start challenging the bills and let's see if we can hold him to his promises. That's what I think Trump said.
3: Yeah, I think, I think, you know, although Trump has been a fighter, and the worst thing that the left has done is to piss him off. Same thing mm-hmm. they do to everybody because they just—that's mm-hmm. what who, what they do. Um, but you know, I, I think he's also shown himself to be a little bit naive when it comes yes. to believing yep. in the system, believing in the, you know, thing. and and of course, <clears throat> you know, that people some report some conservative leaders on the radio and things have said. That this idea of just let it go, we'll win next time. Again, we've been hearing that since 1964, at least. So yeah. uh, you know, a lot of conservatives are, are are mad as hell and fed up with that kind of thinking. That you know, it's like, oh, let's just be the bigger man, and you know, let let's let it go and and uh, let them win, and we'll we'll win next time. And of course, next time they never. Isn't um, this this they is never fight
1: either. Yeah, this is it's, it's like Carl Weathers in uh, Remember the Rocky film. Said, there is no tomorrow. <laughs> You've got to do it now. I mean, this, this is time to get a little Rocky inspiration. Pianki, what do you think Trump said? What do you think? Uh, what, what, what changed their minds?
2: Greg, I don't know. I mean, then this gets back to the whole thing that you're looking at a plot, a play.
1: I don't know. Well, I'll tell you, I, I agree with Jonathan, when he said it was all pre—it choreographed. Let me um, – I wrote something down here as we were all talking. Yes. Yeah. As we were all talking, I wrote something down. It's called Bohica. And, you know uh, – All right, go ahead. Then make your point. In this whole
2: um, situation, the United States is in a very, very precarious situation. It's just like any of these banana republics right about now. Yep. You've had this uh, uh where people have put together a good argument, but the courts is not – Look, the court ain't, The court's not going to do it. Then the responsibility where it should be done, they won't do it either. So it's only a couple more alternatives left.
1: Yeah, no, I know what you're, I know what you're saying. I and mean, we'll talk about the Brunson case if if Jonathan wants to, unless he has another topic. But uh, I, I had you know to talk hours. about
2: that, but it's, it's, Greg, no, it's I, I just a reality. If you yeah. lay it on the table and look at it, and mm-hmm. that's the way it is.
1: Yeah. See if I worried about reality well, I'm I would have not, done the, I'm I not, have taken this <laughs> on. Go ahead, Jonathan.
3: I'm not up on it today, but let's let's finish with some of the some of the legal changes made in the in the <clears throat> in okay. the, the house. Um be, and and some of them I think some of them are very good. For example, the idea of you know of a motion to vacate the chair. Now that's been confused by some people because and it does not take one vote. Um, the uh, um, Pelosi and and her team in her era mm-hmm. changed the rules from what they'd always been to saying that before you can take, get a vote on vacating the chair, meaning meaning it's basically a no confidence vote, like what England would would do. It's like we have no right. confidence in the. In the speaker yeah, but, we want that, to that uh place the speaker
1: <laughs> that actually resulted in an election that actually means that is, that is a consequence it doesn't have a consequence here yeah
3: um so um so they they uh um so um but anyway so they um you I mean so so basically they're just saying that you can have they, they got to the point where it, it, you, they, they had it so that, that they wouldn't even have a vote unless fifty people, um, fifty members signed on to bring it to a vote. So they, they brought that to five, which is more than it used to be traditionally. And, and the, the 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 thinking, I guess, is that if if um, if uh, McCarthy get you know behaves the way we think he will. And get up every morning and saying, "How can I please the Democrats today?" (laughs) And uh, you know what? What will I? You know what? What can I give away to the Democrats today Mm -hmm. that
1: he's going to face a uh, a removal motion? Um, But just a motion (laughs) now. It won't be. Uh, He doesn't even have to. He can. They can make the motion, but he doesn't have to take it up. He can have his rules committee, you know, unless there's, and is the other one, they're going to have a freedom caucus on the rules committee, but unless they have a majority of freedom caucus on the rules committee, then they can all be outvoted. I mean, there's always the escape clause. I went over the balanced budget amendment before you came on. Every, every part of that has an escape clause. This is meaningless. All this stuff is meaningless. Well,
3: that, that's the problem. I don't know about that, but, um, but the, the things that we do know, I, I think the most significant thing financially huh is that the rules, well, he it says that McCarthy agreed. We have to Now, I, I, I did find the rules online, but I didn't have time to study them. So, but it yeah, says we, that McCarthy agreed to vote individually on mm-hmm. 12 appropriations bills. That's one appropriation bill for each major department and usually some associated um, smaller agencies, which is the way it's supposed to be. It's what mm-hmm. the law says. The Budget Control Act says that that's what Congress has to do, and Congress has just flagrantly violated that for, you know, several decades. I didn't know that was a law. Just, I thought that they, was a
1: rule. But that's that's even more important and more more critical that uh, that you know if the Budget Act calls for appropriations bills, they haven't done that for twenty years. So tell me, explain that a little bit. The, the the whole idea of appropriations is it by cabinet positions? Right, and, and so, and this, is, this is a good this is a good. Remember, thing I, I
3: spent. I was I worked in the U.S. Department of Education. I started in an executive office of a principal, right. um, a component operating component uh, or office, and so we worked on that. The the, mm-hmm. the the law says that Congress that the president proposes a budget. The Constitution says that the House has to originate all spending bills, but the president can ask. So the president sends over an ask of mm-hmm. what he what he wants it to be. Then it has right. to go through the the, the rele- relevant committee that's associated with that those topics, mm-hmm. and and they're supposed to come up with an appropriations bill. They usually add more money, and <laughs> then they're supposed to vote individually on each of the twelve. Sometimes it's thirteen. I mean, I, I think it used to be thirteen appropriations bills, which usually has one major department, you know, like the Department of Defense or. And then they, you know, they have a lot of various other um, agencies, so they throw those in, into one of those, and, and that's supposed to pass the House first constitutionally. It's supposed to have, you know, start in the House and then go to the Senate. So, but what they've been doing is they have been completely violating all that because it's hard, and um, and they, uh, I mean, well, it's hard to force down the American people's throats something they don't actually want um that's the hard part um Mm -hmm. and it's supposed to be hard if the american people don't want it um and so um so they've just been spent you know rolling it all into this one giant bill what they call a must pass bill and then they lard it up with all kinds of you know um
1: who writes Who writes those? Because they always seem to have one they just pull out of a desk drawer. We just happen to have 4,000 pages here of $1.7 trillion in funding, and it's all ready to go. Where did that come from? L-
3: Lobbyists and staff. Okay. And, uh, you know, they uh, – they, they, they I mean, there was, there was famously some examples where the bill that was passed into law had notes in the margin, including some woman's phone number. Um, you know, because of it, because it's just so um, carelessly, you know, carelessly thrown together. Mm -hmm. Um, And of course, nobody reads it. Now, one of the reforms, which is supposed to, you know, again, is supposed to, these these reforms are mostly just going back to what they're supposed to be doing already. Hmm. Um, But but the rules give lawmakers
1: Uh, They're not gaining anything. They're just trying to, you know, recover what was. Which is kind of yeah. interesting too, yes that's yeah. true okay. that's true so
3: um it 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 gives lawmakers seventy two hours to review bills before they come to the house floor, which they're supposed to be doing anyway at least seventy two hours but the you know McCarthy agreed to it to get to get his things and they they went into issues about <clears throat> allowing amendments on appropriations and things like that. To which um, Minority Leader Hakeem Jeffries, Democrat of New York, criticized the concessions on Sunday, the news shows, and feared the American people will be held captive over the next two years to the extreme MAGA Republican agenda. Just too much freedom.
1: Um, We've... We've account. got a little extra time. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, well, I was going to say we have a little housekeeping note. Uh, Dorothy's going to be here at uh, at nine or ten fifteen, depending on what time zone you're in. So we got about fifteen more minutes. Well, seventeen more. So we have we can expand on a couple of these rules. I've got them all in front of me. But uh, this this mm-hmm. Hakeem Jeffries, I don't know much about him. Pianchi, uh does, and I'm curious. You know, where did he come from? You know, is he is he the Who? black candidate? Is he oh. the, is he the the, the ultra Marxist candidate? Who is he? I know
2: his uncle. Well,
1: that's what I'm saying. Well, who is this guy? I've never heard of him. His
2: uncle is a pan-Africanist. He used to be a teacher at Coney College teaching African African Studies. And he's a – he's very critical of the United States.
1: How about that? Sounds like Obama's dad. He
2: said that uh, (laughs) black people, sun people, white people are ice people. So, uh, yes.
1: Is he a black supremacist?
2: Well, I don't. I know. I know they had a member of their family that turned down a Rhodes scholarship for it being a furtherment of white supremacy. I don't know if it was
1: him or not. I had to, you know, think about. It. I asked some questions. Sure
2: is. Yeah.
1: Well, and that Rhodes scholars come from Cecil Rhodes or Cecil Rhodes, which is a British uh and it? The- well, exactly right. That's why I want to make that point for folks who are listening, uh, especially our new British audience. We have a lot of people in England listening now. It's, a, it's our second biggest audience outside the United States, uh, is England, then Canada, then Australia. So we have a lot of folks listening across the pond, which is which is quite encouraging. So I'm hoping those folks will join us, You know, type in a live know, chat, which, you know, and, and just, uh, yeah, go ahead, Jackie.
2: Another thing, too, that we talked about that, I don't know if uh, Jonathan were listening, but a lot of these uh, proposals, like in a balanced budget, and where you talk about a constitutional amendment, but it's got too many buts, which equates to on/off switches of the Constitution. Yeah, and uh, that just can't be. I mean, well, they, they want to turn <laughs> it off when they, for their convenience.
1: Yeah, I don't want to repeat that conversation because it was really great. But Jonathan, if you get a chance to listen to the half hour before you were here, uh, I think you'll find that interesting. But let's go over some of these rules. We've got a few minutes to do that. And so the ones we've mentioned so far, a single congressperson connects act uh, to remove speaker and goes back to on his word or, or policy or agenda. They can act, but they can't really do a lot. That's that <clears throat> they can make a motion. The second thing I've written down here is no more omnibus bills dropped in the dead of night before a vote. Bills must be single issue and allow, allow at least 72 hours to read them. Well, why is it that we have regulations get a 30-day comment period in these huge bills in Congress? Why don't they have a 30-day comment period? In fact, I have a bill to that effect. 72 hours isn't enough time. You have 4,000 pages? Wait, what are you going to read, 12 of them? 13? <laughs> Maybe, you know, get, get through the first chapter? It's a bunch of – these bills are so big. Why didn't they limit the bills? to, uh, you know, all appropriations bills should be 10 pages. I mean, how much do you need to say?
3: Well, it's it's another another, uh, yeah, and there's several ways to attack that. One is that there should never be one giant omnibus bill bill for the entire government. So Mm -hmm. it it connects to the idea that we go back to Um, one appropriation the law. bill for one department.
1: Yeah. But you said that's the law. So we're not so we're actually complying with we're not we're not there's no concession here there's no agreement all we've done is is insist that uh the speaker actually comply with the law. That shouldn't be a revelation well, to anybody. it's part of the sad
3: state of our country and our and our, and our government. Okay. Um that um I mean frankly I don't even think there should be more than one de- I mean a department or agency. I think I think bundling, you know, a huge uh, package of of things in one, whether it's legislation or appropriations of money, I think is one of the most fundamental abuses in our system because then it encourages people, you know, members of Congress to vote for things they would not vote for if they came up on a a yes or no standalone vote. It, It allows things to be ostensibly voted for for Congress that really Congress didn't want, and to oh, yeah. escape or accountability. So, so there's that. Um, but yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. They're, they shouldn't. Uh, they, there shouldn't be any any such thing. And I think. And I, I. I don't know why the Supreme Court has allowed that. They they have ruled on something called the presentment clause. Um.
1: What's that? Which is in a whole That's complicated
3: a case. It's fascinating. But there is a. There's an actual uh-huh. ruling that the way they passed a bill violated the flow in the Constitution, and I wish the Supreme Court would do it on these big monster um, package packages, too.
1: But anyway, what's the case? So, um, yes. What, what's the case there? Mm-hmm. I'm going to look it up. What's the case? Oh,
3: okay. um, Shada, i I'd be happy to talk about it sometime because I love it. Um, but um, it's about the one house veto or the legislative veto after the fact. Um, What's the next week? But it's the reason. Make, make a note. It's the reasoning that's interesting. Okay. Anyway, so so going going on so the of course the thing that the left is is like having a fit about
0: mm-hmm. is
3: the chamber is also set to create a house judiciary select subcommittee on the weaponization of the federal government.
1: Yeah, let's talk about that.
3: Uh, apparent recognition of a request to increase scrutiny on the Biden administration and intelligence agencies. Of course, um, m- most people don't know. They would have, you know, everybody would have known, I think, during the 60s about the church committee. Mm-hmm. And the church committee was the darling of the left.
1: Because, yeah, now, and I think, did you mention this or somebody else? Do we well, want I'm going to do a show on that it. Uh, I've got... Five articles on the church committee already I'm just you know figuring out when I want to do it but I'll, we'll be doing an entire show uh, or at least an hour of that show maybe two on the church committee but we should go over that and remember that
2: to,
3: remember me, that, me, that the FBI
1: you know right
3: the well and remember that the FBI was weaponized it was it was it engaged in political um, uh, investigation of Martin Luther King mm-hmm. I mean this, this idea of the FBI I mean, I, I know people who will argue that the FBI has never been legitimate from the day it was formed. It,
1: I would, I would say FBI that. Been, <laughs> That's me. The
3: FBI has been nothing but a giant press release, um, you know, a- aimed at uh, perpetuating itself.
1: Um, <clears throat> but, well, it's worse um, than that. It's worse than that, Jonathan. There, there's, no, there's nothing in the Constitution that, are, that authorizes a national police force. The FBI is an unconstitutional agency. I've got a whole bill disarming the entire federal bureaucracy. Some 287,000 mm-hmm. 287, armed bureaucrats. But the FBI has no justification. It cannot exist and under the, the Constitution. So, so it's worse than just a PR people, thing.
3: Yeah. Well, in, but in case, um, I mean, I I know one person who asked the question. Name one thing the FBI has ever accomplished. Um, I mean, most Waco? of what they've done is miss.
1: Huh. Waco. <laughs> FBI, uh, well, yeah,
3: they, well, it depends on what you think they were trying to accomplish. But, but I know the, what they're um, trying to accomplish. But So the Church Committee mm-hmm. was a was a big, huge left wing Democrat investigation into political abuse of, by the FBI and I think mm-hmm. other agencies, the CIA, mainly, the, you know, to um, to investigate for the purpose of finding dirt on um on political opponents of you know of people of people like um Nixon but mm-hmm. really as we see now over the long arc of history it's all about de- defending the deep state you know it's not about it's not about a, a you know a blip in the uh, in, in the screen uh, um elected Nixon it's about defending the institutions of the deep state um You know, the politicians are expendable. They're temporary. Mm -hmm. Um, And so the church committee exposed all of these abuses because they were being used against Democrats and left-wing Democrats. That was back in the time when we actually had conservative Democrats. It was left-wing Democrats that they they went after. Mm -hmm. So um, someone uh, in the Republican Party hit on, you know, using that that name because it was a Democrat darling in this whole, this whole effort. So um, kind of hard for the Democrats to fight it, but nevertheless there, you know, there, there it's the end of civilization because the Congress is going to investigate political abuse by the federal government writ large, not just the FBI.
1: But what about um, the intelligence? But again, uh, the, well, the, the whole thing when, McC- when, uh, what's his name? Um, Schumer said that you better not go against the FBI. You better not go against those 17 intelligence agencies. They have more ways to screw you over than you can possibly imagine or whatever he said. It was a direct threat threatening. So the intelligence agencies have actually become their own government. And I don't even know why we have 17 of them, but shouldn't we have an investigation of all of them? Jonathan?
3: Yeah. When they say there are 17, that includes like the Coast Guard is an intelligence agency and, and all these other things—it's ridiculous. Um, <clears throat> but um, mm-hmm. it is—it is, it is an existential threat to our country. I mean, the—you know—whatever people think happened on January sixth, two thousand twenty-one, mm-hmm. that is a million times more dangerous to our country.
2: The the what what the, the political
3: and, and the political like, like I say the. It may not be political in the sense of the parties, Mm -hmm. but, you know, silencing criticism, silencing dissent, autocratic, dictatorial um, fascism within the FBI. I I mean, look, you had on January 4th, you had Merrick Garland attacking these things while there are cases pending by his employees. He's not just some bias he's not just like uh some late night comic. He is saying these things about cases that his employees are are prosecuting mm-hmm. and it, it it was not long ago when you know when a president or someone like that would say, "Well, I can't comment so i mean it, it it's really fascist what's what's going on but anyway um so there's also going to be unless the select panels select committees to target Biden, the Biden administration, COVID's origins, mm-hmm. and China, Republicans, the, um, yeah, see here, um, Some someone had this brilliant PR move to get the church committee, uh, led by Senator Frank Church, Democrat of Idaho, from 1975. Is a brilliant PR move to, to make people remember that because in 1975, I'm sorry, I said 1960s. In 1975, there was nobody who didn't know about it. Today, there's nobody who does. Um,
1: <laughs> well, that's um, I want to go over. The, um, it. But it was. Uh, I've got articles from the Brennan Center. That's that's uh, you know uh, Judge Brennan. I don't say justice because the Constitution doesn't. But, but he was on the Supreme Court. The Brennan Center is one of the most liberal you know, think tanks in the world you know, and therefore another church committee hearing. So it's fascinating that something we should explore too. There, there was a reversal that took place. There was a time when, when the hippies, the left questioned authority, and now they are the authority. There was a time mm-hmm. when we went after the intelligence agencies when they were going after the left, like you said, but now the left are the intelligence agencies. There was a time when the, the Democrats actually supported the second amendment. And it was the Republicans who were trying to restrict gun ownership. And now that got reversed. Everything has been reversed, and the Democrats have become everything that they said they wouldn't be. There was a time when the ACLU actually represented individual rights and didn't represent the uh, the, the Stalinist state. So there's a there's a reversal yeah. that happened, and, and there's no clearer example than the Church Committee, which, as you say, was run by a Democrat senator from from Idaho, uh, and what's and the Patriot Act that we have now. So But well, and, the and it wasn't, state and
3: he was not. Senator Frank Church was not alone in that. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, he he was the leader, he was the face, but he was not, you know, he was not unique among the Democrats.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Let me uh, see if anyway, I can pull up. So I got, see. Uh, okay. Well, I got more oh. things we can we can talk about about the about the the thing. Well, Here's some of the big ones. Well, let's I was watching the clock. Some, I don't know if you. Well, we're, we're still as soon as Dorothy calls, so, I'll let you know. But until we'll then, have to talk about the Frank Ch- the Church
3: Committee and and. And, and there will be news because, you know, mm-hmm. <clears throat> between the time that they start setting it up and then Kevin McCarthy breaks all his promises and, and neuters it, <laughs> there actually will be news in this yeah. in this regard. Uh, I mean, I remember I told you that, you know, phony Senator Grassley mm-hmm. told Christine O'Donnell personally that he was, he was going to look into the lowest learner style attacks on her as a candidate Mm -hmm. by the i mean because they there were some real shenanigans and and it really hurt her both financially and politically um and he said i'm going to look into it never did a damn thing i mean this this pattern of of promising we're going to look into this and then never doing anything has been going on for decades and decades and decades so we'll see so anyway so they're supposed to continue the Select Committee on the Coronavirus Pandemic, but um, focus on the origins of the virus as well as the impacts of the shutdowns. Now, it's not mentioned here, but <clears throat> the calls have been specifically to investigate Fauci. You're not seeing any of that in the recent reporting, but um, you know, but the Republicans wanted to investigate Fauci, and when we say that. You know the mm-hmm. people who don't understand it, and that probably is nobody in your audience who doesn't. But you know they're like, "What do you mean he saved lives? Like he, you know, he he funded the creation of the of the virus. So when they're looking into the origins of the virus, they're going to be looking at the funding, you know, uh, you know, signed off on by Fauci that created the virus. Yep. Um, well,
1: here's Republicans are also set to vote. Well, before um, leave that um, one,
3: to create uh, a select which
1: before you leave that one, just for, just real quickly, why didn't the the, the twenty uh rebel republicans um, call for a vote to end the declaration of emergency why didn't they call for product that would have been
3: that would have been a great idea
1: they, they didn't do any of the good things that they could have done i've got i got a I got a much bigger list of what they should have done anyway go back to to uh, we got Fauci. and what was the other thing you're going to mention next one
3: so well that, that was that was, that was it because time is short here but so Republicans yep. are set to vote to create a select committee on the strategic competition between the United States and the Chinese communist party. Now that's interesting because that hasn't been in the news so much like that. And of course, Wasn't you know, the me. lobbying community has been like in love with the Chinese communist party for, for, for decades. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty extraordinary for Republicans to investigate and, 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 you know, wow. actually, it's inter- even interesting. Like said, the Select Committee on the Strategic <laughs> Competition Between the United States and the Chinese Communist Party.
0: Yeah.
3: Not the competition between the United States and the and China, but the Chinese Communist Party. Oh, that's interesting. Which yeah, is you're it's right. quite curious that they're going to do that.
1: Yeah. I mean, we, I I mean I a country
3: too. should be deciding, how can we get ahead? How can we, you know, mm-hmm. a company should be
1: looking at its competitors and saying, how can we do better? Um, you know, but it's still very oh. extraordinary. Go back to the Trump <laughs> policy. The Trump policy was working with China. Here's another one that's interesting too: prohibition of draining the strategic petroleum reserve and selling it to China and others. Well, I didn't
3: know that. I didn't see it,
1: that. That's in bills up for to be up for a vote. Yeah, I got a, I got a couple of I got a PDF and I got a couple of different sources that I'm that I'm using here. So this is one of those. Hmm. And where you know uh, why? How about just saying prohibition of draining the strategic petroleum reserve unless there's an actual emergency? You know, not for market prices and how much is left and where is it? There's Dorothy. So that's another one of those many ones. We can pick this up next week. This is, this is not going to go away. Nope. Okay. But uh, check out. Well, the, I got to go um, too.
3: Cause I've got, um, okay. I've got the proud boys case starts today and I've, and uh, another case starts today. And
1: so we'll see what's going on. Tell us on. what you can. All right. Thanks, Jonathan. They actually you asked
2: for the investigation of the Biden too. And China.
3: Yeah. Well But anyway Well they should. That's what we're <clears letting throat> All right. Thanks, Jonathan. Well, thanks. Talk to you later.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, this has been a great report, and I know Dorothy has limited time, so I do have a new theme for her. The first one I didn't like. <laughs> I don't think anybody did, but uh, let me see if I can find my new one here. It should be my alphabet. I'm challenged alphabetically, so let me make uh, Dorothy's line live and then so she can react. And here, this is, this is my intro for you, Dorothy. Tell me what you think. Sex. Everybody talks about it. Some of you are even doing it. But are you really talking to the person you are doing it with? It all comes down to communication. That's where Dorothy Diana comes in. Dorothy is a sexual health nurse educator. She has studied hypnotherapy, Reiki, and many other disciplines. And what is sex without sensuality? Something has to light your afterburner. Join us now for a sometimes very frank and occasionally quite descriptive conversation of sex and sensuality with Dorothy Diana.
4: Does that get (laughs) you in the mood to talk? I love it.
1: Isn't that kind of cool?
4: I love it. Yes. I'm in the mood. a very sensual voice.
1: Yeah, I do that on purpose. (laughs) Well, I got it. We got to change from politics and and, politics. Yeah, now I'm all set to talk about a completely different topic. This is Sex and Politics Monday, so we've done politics. Let's talk about sex. Good morning.
4: Good morning. So, yeah, kind of a crazy morning for me, but I have a topic I really love, and uh, let's, I hope we have time for it. I think we do.
1: You got you got till the top of the hour, and we actually have an extra hour after that. We still have our our uh, our after our overtime hour, but um, it depends on you. you know, I thought you only had about half an hour, but if you got more,
4: yeah, this love morning is crazy. You. So you know, okay. my my life is very interesting. I'm looking for a house right now, and so this mm-hmm. morning there were two houses to see early. Uh, so I have to prioritize that because I need to be out of my rental and into my own home in the next few months. But mm-hmm. it's kind of fun, fun process. Seeing the different neighborhoods, and you know, just figuring out what I want and what feels right. Yeah.
1: So, how does let's let's relate this to our to our general topic here. So, how does a house contribute to a marriage, a relationship, a partnership? You know, how do you do you buy for you? Do you buy for you know potential others that might be in your life when you when you look at a house? How much communication does the house communicate about you? To people that you want to, be, you might want to be or are involved with. How's that for a question?
4: This is an interesting question because I have two good friends that recently bought homes, and mm-hmm. one is a ma- man and he's very masculine, and another is a woman who's very dear to me. And I've actually thought about that topic, and it relates very much to what I was going to talk about today, which is the feeling and the sensual aspect in your home and how it contributes to your overall well-being as well as feeling relaxed and connected with your family. And this is a big topic, and I like to cover it everywhere from, honestly, the toxins in the home, including bright lights at nighttime, which is a toxin, including uh, what the mattress is made of. And the reason is because it all ties together. So huh, where to start? Your home no. is a reflection of, yeah. of you, and, and it should be. I don't like the mm-hmm. word should usually. It's shaming, but I'm going to use it here. It should be a place you come in and you feel you, you feel at your best, you feel relaxed, you feel like you're walking into a womb of sorts where you mm, can you know, let it, let everything analogy. go. Yeah. Well, you can let everything go, a safe place that reflects your personality, uh, not too cluttered so that your eyes can rest and your brain can rest from all the clutter of the outside world. And um, the colors you choose are very important. The lighting is very important. And none mm-hmm. of it has to be expensive. And very important is that you understand that the home environment is un- honestly not to be depressing, but, you know, rife with toxins these days unless, buyer beware, you're, you're careful and you're aware of what you're putting in your home. So mm-hmm. when you're choosing paint, you want to choose non voc paint or low-BOC
1: paint. BOC BOC.
4: Yeah, well, what volatile organic compounds
1: oh so volatile okay. organic
4: compounds, and again my my specialty not as sexuality as well as a healthy body and detox, I do both, and I kind of layer them on top of each other, and they do really go together, and I love both these topics and this kind of overlap mm-hmm. both but but um the home environment – so back to my friends my my man friend, who's very mm-hmm. very masculine um uh, mm, man really colors in the double, house.
1: Have man Gray's
4: Not, oh. almost no oh, decor. 50 shades of very Grey? simple decor. Oh, no.
1: Did you watch 50 shades of gray and this whole house is great. Um,
4: No, I read the book. I felt like I could have written it, but, you know, it was good. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> Sorry, I mean, I think uh, some of my female friends felt that way. We were like, we could have done better. But, you know, they had to do for mass <laughs> audience. Right. But back to like, yes, he's very gray. He's very stark. He's very, the lighting yeah. is very um, functional lighting. So you turn on a light to illuminate the room. And when I choose lighting, it's lamps in the corner. It's very soft lighting. I make sure at nighttime after sun goes down, there's never bright light because your circadian rhythms are affected by that and that affects your melatonin huh. production. So,
1: Okay, circadian things, and melatonin. Very, let's, uh, I, don't mind going, I yeah. love the fact that you do the health aspects as well, but I want to make sure that everybody you know, gets a chance to go, what did she just say? So circadian, what's that?
4: So in the evening when the sun goes down, your body naturally... Some, some changes happen starting with the eyes, the receptors in the eyes. They trigger other chemical reactions and biochemical reactions in the body, and mm-hmm. they begin to gear up for sleep. So during sleep, you know, we produce growth hormone and melatonin, all kinds of goodies
1: melatonin. That, help
4: us with, that help us with cell rejuvenation
1: oh, okay. and Just getting curious.
4: a really good night's sleep. Um, mm. So there's many functions of the body that do better at nighttime, including cholesterol metabolism there's just there's a lot to, suffice to say your body needs to go into quote sleep mode right to shut down and in order to do that one of the biggest signs that we've had since the beginning of humanity but have we've only changed in the past hundred years or so is when the Sun goes down the eyes need to have very low lighting the lights need to go down as much as you can to still function in the evening um, including computer screens and
1: um mine does that the by bathroom the way light. I, I, mm-hmm. I, I just found that feature now my computer does that i do have that feature now that uh, the light drops uh, at night and it's it's a different lighting at the computer screen so i just discovered that and so my phone does the same thing i've got a night setting on my phone too so i'm doing this naturally i didn't even know this was uh, i thought it was just kind of cool but it, it actually works there's a re- there's a health reason for it that's quite interesting
4: I think it's intuitive probably for you also. There's something abrasive for a lot of us at the bright lights at nighttime. Like we actually notice it, but we sort of mm-hmm. learn to ignore it because everyone's doing it. But if you start to pay attention to what it feels like to go from your, maybe you're driving at nighttime as the sun goes down and mm-hmm. you get, you know, you pull in and you get out of the car and just kind of notice what does that bright light feel like in your face all of a sudden? And if you're not really paying attention to sensations and feelings, back to sensuality, you, you may have yeah. just blocked it out entirely. But if you start to pay attention, you might notice it actually does have this abrasive strain, sort of like fingernails on a chalkboard type feeling almost.
1: Yeah, and I just say, hello, officer. <laughs> what can mm-hmm. I do for you <laughs> when I a bright light hello light.
4: officer.
1: Is that what's that? What, That's is right.
4: It's that <laughs> not natural. Yeah. So it's a huge health benefit to going with, you know, to be, actually being outside when the sun mm-hmm. goes down. They found lots of studies showing that people sleep a lot better. Their quality of sleep is a lot better. And they sleep longer, less, less waking up at nighttime, being outside when the sun goes down. So actually letting your eyes experience that natural dimming of the light and then going inside and keeping the lights as low as possible until it's time for bed. So lofty goals, but something to work toward. Candles are very helpful for this kind of thing, having pretty candles around the house. They also add to ambiance. Make sure your candles are fragrance-free, however... <laughs> right? Fragrance causes, carries phthalates, which causes cancers, migraines and fertility issues, among other things. Those fragrant
1: candles? Well, I'm a dude, I don't do fragrant candles, but yeah, I know what you mean.
4: You'd be surprised how many candles seem to be fragrance free or they don't advertise and they have like a low level artificial fragrance. And that's because it sells and that's because people don't know the health damage effects. This is real. Positively, no, you. Mm-hmm. yes, you can get fragrance-free candles. I actually sell them at Hobby Lobby. They sell them on Amazon. Um, I make my own sometimes, when I have extra time. And you can get them with essential oils. So pure essential oils smell wonderful in the home. Mm. They're good for you. They have health and healing properties. You can get lavender for relaxation, grapefruit to wake up. There's just so many options with essential oils. But it's very important to keep the artificial fragrances out of the home. Very toxic
1: um, laundry detergent too cleaners. I, i've got my I mean, all fragrance, fragrance free things. yep absolutely yeah well let me ask you so, a, a couple of questions yeah the, these are all the...
4: kind of things yeah mm-hmm. well Go i got on. a
1: couple more <clears throat> and this is this is something that i noticed too is uh i hate bright lights and so uh, i noticed when i first moved into my my cottage here that the bathroom had you know like eight really bright lights and i said i had no way i'm gonna wake up to that so i took like six of them out <laughs> you know just they're in a drawer, nice. <clears throat> there are my, my replacement bulbs. So, what is this fascination people have with bathrooms with the brightest lights in the world? You know, shouldn't there it be like a morning right. setting? Hmm?
4: I think there should be, and I'm a huge fan of dimmers. But my friend okay. who works in dirty my friend works in dirty electricity he's like a specialist. I love him, and he mm. comes and measures your sockets in your home for electricity pollution, which is very real and can affect behavioral issues, make never heard children. What's I know we right? have so much to talk about, yeah, but that's do. a tiny segue, but to suffice to say um, he explained to me that dimmer switches actually are some of the most polluting for electricity. So really, really your best bet is what you said is put in the bulbs that are dimmer. Um, when you wire your house, have it wired that way if you can, and mm-hmm. just uh, have less lighting and low lighting. And I think the reason people do that in the bathroom is because ladies want to see their makeup really well. Um, I think men want to see any hairs that might be coming out of their nose or ears. Like they want to, you know, probably see themselves in a bright light before do they go the out Do in the afternoon. <laughs>
1: do it at night. <clears throat> do it at night when you come home. Do that stuff then. Don't do it in the morning. Well, <laughs> it's the, crazy. It's too the bright. The
4: best lighting is bright uh-huh. sunlight from a window. So if you can put a table. I was just going to say sky domes. I was mm-hmm. just
1: going to say are people healthier with sky it, you know, domes. Anything and things like, like that. that. Okay.
4: You can put yeah. a table. Uh, like, mm-hmm. you, can, you know, have your bathroom for going to the bathroom and showering and then, Have a table or a setup right in front of a bright window with bright morning light, and you'll Mm. be able to see better than any artificial light in any – I mean, you really can see it. It highlights what you want to, you know, be aware of.
1: (laughs) So when so I build my my action radio mm-hmm. treehouse, it's going to have sky domes and one big room with amplifiers, a huge TV screen, uh, an entire kitchen with those marble you know island things, and uh, it's going to be kind of cool. Mm. And and five so cars I'll in the garage. So i tell you,
4: I've wanted a treehouse for so long. It's so funny you say that. <laughs> Years ago, I was researching that you know that you know this since you've researched it but there's companies that will come and you'll help you design your treehouse home and oh, build it for oh you. There's yeah. Like a few on the on the, in the southeast. Um, yeah. So I actually reached out to them a while back and yeah. uh, about that. It really wasn't that expensive.
1: Well I want a roundhouse too because wind tends to go around hurricane winds go around a roundhouse. It's the square houses that get destroyed because they have the low pressure on one side and the high pressure on the other. But if you have a roundhouse, it actually equalizes the pressure. And there's a company that does that. Oh, I did too. not
4: know that.
1: I'm just well, I fun things for you, what... just like you for me. Yeah. Uh,
4: I wonder if that's why at the ski slopes we go to, we go always go to this cute little mountain, Sugar Mountain in North Carolina, and a lot of the houses on the slope are round. And I wonder if Should that's be. why, because of the yep. winter winds on the, in the mountains.
1: Uh, same principle. Hmm. You know, it's, 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 it's equalizing the pressure on all sides, and that way the building stays up because there's much less force on it. It's the it's, that's how a sail works on a sailboat. A sailboat works not because the wind blows it, but because there's low pressure on one side and high pressure on the other, much like an airplane wing. Hmm. Same principles. It's, it's pressure differences that make these things work. Yeah. Let me, let me get to another topic that uh, I heard about too, that uh, leaving the TV on at night and falling asleep with the TV on yeah, is one of the most unhealthy that. things you can do.
4: I was about to talk about that. So oh, please I'm to add, I'm going to say something shocking, especially for people probably in the Southeast because when we moved here, I couldn't believe there was a TV in every room of every house we looked at to buy. Mm-hmm. There was a TV and we said to ourselves, why are people, Is this all they do is watch TV. So yes, and, and not, not to be judgy, but but it I don't it's very interesting. On the west coast, I would say it was not uncommon for us to be in a home that didn't have a TV at all, and we mm-hmm. didn't have a TV. That was my idea, not my husband's. And uh, mm-hmm. anyway, but um, and there was a lot of reasons for that. Raising children with the messaging, and also the again, the, there's a lot of pollution and um, EMFs that come out of the TV. And I I just said why? Why do we need this? We can look at something on our computer. We can if there's something important. So anyway, but yes, to your point, that is true. They've shown that people who have TV in a bedroom and that take phones into the bedroom, so that's an easy habit to Mm -hmm. stop, Um, don't have as intimate of a sex life, don't communicate as much, don't, don't connect as much. I mean, you have two working people or even one working person and you don't see each other all day with kids. There's little time to connect. The bedroom can be a safe sanctuary and you all can decide, you know what? This is important. Let's put TVs all over the house, but not in the bedroom. You know, let's yeah. say if we ever want to watch a movie in bed or watch me look at our computer, because it just sort of sanctifies and creates a sacred safe space for couplehood, an intimate place. Like our bed is for effing and sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's there's, a reason the, and the
1: there's a reason the birth rate goes, goes up in a blackout, hours. right? Dorothy?
4: Oh, yeah, that's right. And during the pandemic, yeah. So Yeah, yeah birth rates uh, blackout. ever.
1: Yep. I'm a blackout baby. I'm convinced of it. I was born in October, which so, means January, you know, anyway, go ahead.
4: <laughs> oh, um, so you're, you're right. It, it, it sounds, I mean, I, and I say this now that I've lived in this house for a while, I realize how disturbing this is to hear for some people, but consider getting the TV out of the bedroom or buying a home, you know, not having a TV in the bedroom And uh, maybe having a rule that phones don't go in the bedroom or when they go in the bedroom, they go to charge and they're on airplane mode because the amount of pollution to your brain from the phones, what the phone puts off is one thing and also the distractions, the social media, you know, though not connecting with your partner in in, in the times you have available, the intimate times. Yeah, turn, mm-hmm. the a phones off. Of turn
1: the phone just turn everything off. just you should have like an, you know an electronic free zone you know and just get rid of all that stuff, especially if you're busy and things are critical. Well, work has to be able to reach me okay, so for the next the next hour and a half, they're not going to be able to reach you, okay They make an agreement. <laughs> you can turn the phone on you know when we go to sleep, but if you if you absolutely have to because some people are on call you know I've seen enough cop shows um, but uh, the, the, you still should be able to turn it off uh, for some part of the time. The other thing I've heard it's funny, I actually, these things are popping back into my head, that your room really needs to be dark to sleep well. You know, these rooms that have extra mm-hmm. light or they're outside bright lights or you have the neon sign reflecting in, you don't have to get enough curtains, whatever it is, you really need darkness to sleep well. Is that true?
4: Yeah, well, think about evolutionary biology. You know, there okay. wasn't, you might have a fire at nighttime, like a flickering fire to fall asleep to, but that's it. You certainly wouldn't have neon lights. You certainly wouldn't have... Lights coming to the window. I I have a friend whose computer is right outside their bedroom, and Mm -hmm. if the door is open, there's a blue light all night long, and like this bright blue light. And you know, I've advised this person, you know, just you may want to consider shutting that down at night. That is going to, on some level, affect you that that lighting. And blackout shades are easy. You can make your own. Go to the fabric store if, if you're living somewhere where there's bright lights right outside your. Uh, window and you might be surprised at how you get a much better restful night's sleep And even if you don't notice that you are going to have greater melatonin production It's going to affect your health mm-hmm.
1: So the body makes yes, melatonin yes, yes, is that something you can get from nutrition other foods rich in melatonin? Is it a hormone? What is that exactly?
4: Oh my goodness. I don't remember what's rich in melatonin. I'm literally so all over the place and what I do um, okay. I can look it up. Well, so. But Bring I a note, I take Put a note down. take I take melatonin supplements at nighttime. <laughs> I take yeah. uh I take yeah. full script, I take um
0: mm-hmm.
4: what is the brand? I love it's pure encapsulation. That my friend is functional nutrition and I just always ask her, What's the best okay. this? What's the best that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I take like three three megs, very small little dose. Okay. We
1: I'm can't really what avoid
4: all the we can't yeah. really avoid all the um it's hard. It's hard. To, we can all try, but it's hard to avoid all the, all the light toxins, all the things. I mean, we, we can strive towards perfection, but, you know.
1: Well, we're still living longer. Think, you know, despite all the preservatives and the food colorings and the pollution, all the crazy things, our lifespan, except until recently. You know, I just was about that's, to say,
4: that just changed.
1: You did just change. Our tell. lifespan, so what, so what I think, changed?
4: in the past five to ten years is, has, has decreased. I believe the average lifespan has decreased in the past five to 10 years for the first time. Don't yeah. quote me on that, but I, I read that recently from a reliable no, I, source that it's evened out. If we take COVID out of
1: it, if we take the COVID shots out of it, which we can talk about probably another time, I talked about that enough. Um, but it, mm-hmm. but the actual, but the lifespans are decreasing. Is it stress? Is it nutrition? Is it diabetes? Is it sugar? Is it... Uh, of course, this is going to affect not only your life but your but your sex life too. I mean, all this stuff's connected. So I'm just we need we should analyze that. I don't. Know, you know, I know you have other topics for today, but uh, what what caused the turnaround? You know, well, you it, know,
4: you I know. believe it's COVID shots, and we have. I think the number of additives in food. I, I believe they're leaking the GMOs. Okay. We, you know, there's a huge consumer groups, very well researched. Uh, I remember this on the West Coast. In 2008, we tried to get a bill to label GMOs and limit them considerably.
1: And I remember that. Pass. I was in California and then. Yeah, I couldn't didn't believe it. To support pass. it, which pissed yeah. me off. That's but so much there's money. There's enough
4: evidence. There's the enough against evidence that bill. That GMOs. And mm-hmm. and now they're finding ways. I mean, it's almost impossible to have genetically modified free foods with, with the with the contamination of the soy and the contamination of the corn. Mm-hmm. I, I believe that's, I believe the food additives are huge. I believe sugar being put in everything, and that's happened more and more in the past 10 to 15 years that every product has sugar in it. Sugar mm-hmm. is a known inflammatory. It's known to feed cancer. Cancer is, absolutely goes for sugar first. Your immune system is distracted by sugar. When it enters the body, neutrophils say, see you later. There's so much evidence that sugar is a poison, essentially a poison. And it's in everything. It's ubiquitous. And that's our number one cause of heart disease. It's not this whole butter and bacon. No, not it's not cholesterol, genetic, genetic not fat. Plays a yeah. small role, a small role. Okay. Foods with melatonin. Cause I, I can't let a question go by. I, <laughs> and lines have to know. And again, I read all this stuff and then it just becomes part of the file. And if it's not important on this day, then mm-hmm. I just, I kind of have to like, forget it. So Sorry, I couldn't just recite it, but tart cherries, which I love tart cherries, and tart cherry juice is so good for Mm. um, bowels also. So you want a kid can't poop, give him (laughs) him a glass of tart cherry or black cherry juice and give it a couple hours. Um, Tart cherries, high in melatonin, high in sugar, so maybe drink it earlier in the day. But again, it's fructose. It's a natural sugar. I'm sort of, I'm like, "Eh." And it's (laughs) not very sweet. If you drink it, you can tell. I mean... The fructose side I have no problem with. I mean, you shouldn't be guzzling juice all day, but if you have a bowel issue and you want some warm prune juice or tart cherry juice, that is beneficial. That is good. Drink away. Uh, goji berries, high in melatonin. Hmm. So yummy, too. My favorite snack is dark chocolate-covered goji berries. Oh. Um,
1: I've never heard of goji little berries, so now I'm curious.
4: Yeah. Oh, really? Okay. They're yeah. like they're like tart and sweet at the same time. Almost like a dried cherry.
1: Okay. I think so I had them a trail mix kind of once. Fish. I remember those from it's a trail exactly mix.
4: Good. Yeah. Mm. How about everywhere now. one of
1: my favorites, medjool dates. Have like every minute. I don't have dates sun. on my
4: list. I have nuts, eggs, fish, milk. I'm not going to advocate milk, sorry. Uh, okay. <laughs> this is web md, so They've got to throw that. part. that they have some dairy industry. Uh, well, I'm perhaps. covered with the
1: nuts, the nuts, the eggs, and the fish because I've, you know, I'm pretty big on those. So yeah, most of the things they're really too. healthy. I also grow hair too. I which, eat nuts Everything all I eat day. grows hair. You know, that's why this big head of hair ah. and this huge mustache. Yeah, you know? yeah. Between the avocados, the salmon, and the eggs and the walnuts, I've <laughs> you know, got pretty much everything covered uh, as far as you know, big hair. You know?
4: Nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so, so we covered TVs and screens in the bedroom, candles, mm-hmm. colors. So it's worth it to research Feng Shui oh, right. and how colors affect mood. Um, what does she have, your,
1: your female house buyer? What does she buy? We've got, we got the guy in gray, which is really boring. I have, I have colors I all mean, in my
4: place. I mean, all grays and all very functional. Everything is extremely functional in his house, not sensual. And it's very interesting. Um, mm-hmm. But he's single, and mm-hmm. he's a very functional individual. He, you know, he makes good money. He has a clean house, clean car, everything's taken care of. Lists are checked off, so you know um, it works for him. <laughs> it works.
1: That's funny because I even friend. leave my uh-huh. I even leave my food cabinets open because it's more colorful than the, the white cabinets closed. That's just
0: adorable. That's
1: so, hilarious. I have so That's much color fun. in my place. I mean, everywhere. I don't. I don't have a closet per se. I actually have these these uh, these racks of clothes, you know, so that they hang out because there's more color. I mean, everything about this place is color, oh, interesting. There's, color, every, there's mm. color everywhere in my place. You know, there's very little wall mm. space that doesn't have, you know, flags, pictures, stuff, things, memories. You know, like I said, the clothes are out because it's more colorful. The food cabinets are open because it's more colorful. Hell, I'd leave the refrigerator open if I could because <laughs> it's more colorful, you know. But, I mean, everything here is open. It's one big room. You should set it in my place. It's the most completely open cottage. It's like, you know, the living room, bedroom, kitchen. You know, it's it's like one room. <laughs> it just, it's, mm. it's sort of, you, you can see sort of where it might be sectioned, but it's not. It's just like this whole big room. And I'm in kind of like this this hallway here. But I've got the computer, I have got the TV, I've got my guitar amps, I've got this this. And it is the most completely functional, but it's so open, just like my my future treehouse is going to be. But I'm like the exact opposite, of Mr. Function. No, I found it. Did you build, it, did you, no, did you
4: build it. it, remodel, or it came like that? You found it. Okay. Because now well, actually you know, actually God, God found it. I mean, I,
1: I'll God tell you a funny story. Well, literally, I need I
4: God was, to find me a house, Greg. I've been asking. I'm like trying to manifest and relax about it and say just
1: I'm not going to worry
4: it. about it. Just show me Here, the right one. Okay.
1: Yep. Here's how you do it. is how I did it. No, I didn't even know I was doing it. God did it. No, I literally was, was driving and I, 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 come, I came from California. This is, I'm like 150 pounds overweight, four months out of open heart surgery. I'm starting a brand new career in a place I've never seen before. And so I tried to contract mm. with, uh, with a roommate and she, she tried to be terrible. I mean really horrible. And so I said, well, this isn't going to work. And I said, I didn't know what to do. So I started driving around, you know, downtown Milton, trying to figure out what to do. And all of a sudden, my car made a left turn. Milton,
4: Florida?
1: Milton, Florida, Florida, near Pensacola. This is where I am, right? So I've driven around downtown. And I won't say exactly where, just because I'm a public person on the radio. But my car made a turn, literally by itself. The wheel just started turning.
0: Not
1: even the auto-drive Tesla? No, no, this is this – is, I don't. Know, I can't explain it other than to say God did it. God turned my, my wheel. And, and then I went by this place with a, with a sign for rent, and I said, oh, maybe I'll call the owner and see if they're around. And, you know, to make a – literally the few times to make a long story short, I ended up living there, and I've been here the, the whole six years that I've lived in Florida. But the car turned, or, or my, in my mind there was this message, turn here. <laughs> you know, okay, <laughs> it's pretty strong. And, and literally the, the wheel, my hands were just guiding. I think I was just hanging onto the wheel, but whatever reason – my current turn left, and, and, and within one block, I was at my current residence. Mm. So let God find your house. And
4: did it say, wait, did you say, did it say for sale? No, it said for rent. <laughs> How did you?
1: Yeah, I, I, oh, I haven't oh, bought the place. Yeah. Yep. Yep.
4: Okay. And this is Milton. Okay, well, that's interesting. Okay, so did you do any, were you praying about it? Were you manifesting? Nope. Were you visualizing? Did nope. you have confidence? I, I
1: mean, wasn't even thinking nothing. about it. I was thinking I was going to manifest God my rewarded current you
4: life. for doing. For being against fear, so you st- you stood against fear, you moved forward with something mm-hmm. and into the unknown, and see so you were rewarded yep,
1: and uh, my my car was directed directly to where I now live It's fascinating, and I have no intentions of leaving. I love it here, so yeah
4: I think I've been to that area before um, i mean I've, I've definitely been to Pensacola, but I mm-hmm. feel like is what is there a yoga studio there?
1: Um, there's one in my gym, but I don't think there's a there might have been, a, there might be one around. I, I've never done yoga, so I don't know. But Milton's okay, right on the Blackwater River. Is. Yeah, it's got a little town center on yeah. the Black River. So we've got a river. We've got a little controversy around the roads. We've got the, the 1912 Imogene Theater, same year as the Titanic. That's haunted, by the way. That's full of all kinds of souls. <laughs> That's an interesting place. You um, have a haunted yeah. theater? Yeah, I was there at two in the morning. We did a ghost chase one night. So I was there with, uh, oh, in fact, this is when I, I discovered, I got, you know, empath reinforcement because we had these two copper rods. And this is how you're supposed to find mm-hmm. the energy fields of, of spirits beyond this world. And I, and I held it. And they're on a swivel. So you don't, you don't, you know, you don't influence them, you know, and I just held them level. And all of a sudden they crossed right in front of me. I said, wait a minute, do that again. Mm-hmm. Took them away, handed it back to me. They crossed right in front of me. She says, you can't find ghosts. I said, why not? She says, you're an empath. So well, how do you know? I said, this is the second time I've been told this, right? So I knew the answer. She says, well, I said, how do you know? I said, because your copper wires crossed. That only happens with empaths. Your energy, energy field is too strong. You're not going to be able you, – you'll feel these other that people naturally. That is so
4: interesting. Yeah. Everyone thinks they're an empath, and I think the word's overused, kind of like shaman. Oh, it is. But I will yep. say – I will say – I hate to say this, but I've been called an empath more than once.
0: Yeah, we um, are. But, and I don't know. That's a, a
4: very strong word, but – I don't know that I'm fully an empath, but I definitely pick up on other people's energy, and I definitely mm-hmm. um, care about it and try to tune into it. And I, I thought it was interesting. I've asked before. I'm like, how come I've never seen a ghost? I'm so spiritual, and I used to have these very religious
1: well, they've seen demonic you.
4: dreams. I won't get into <laughs> it. But, they've
1: seen you. But, you. but you feel them. You don't see them. They're, they're a presence. You, I, I, I actually have seen, them, have seen them, but that's, that's rare. But yeah, yeah, but you do uh, you You've feel You've seen them.
4: them. Yeah. And I have friends mm-hmm. that not only saw them, I'm going to say this, friends that have not only seen them, but have mm-hmm. been attacked, like physically attacked.
1: Mm-hmm. I believe
4: it. Yeah. And Some I don't even, is nasty. that even a ghost or is that a demon? I oh, don't know. Uh,
1: oh. Okay. Well, now that, we're on, now that we're on the subject, now this would be podcast forever. So when, I was, when I was 13, That's I lived in an old house in Lexington, Massachusetts. And I think somebody died in the room that was my bedroom. And I remember seeing, I had entire events going on in that room. When I was a kid, I remember seeing, you know, you'd see like a, a baby's face in front of you and then it would age, you know, within 10 seconds to a skull, an entire lifespan okay. of a person. I had shrunken heads appearing. I had ships sailing by me. I mean, it's talking old sailing ships.
0: What? I had
1: I had things in, in my room that I cannot describe. I don't, I never really talked about this much, but, but it's, it's true. And so I had an entire spiritual world in that bedroom. So when I saw Poltergeist, it's like, ah, yeah, okay, that makes sense. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, I can relate. You know, and then uh, I got older and they disappeared. So I think it was really that house, and it was me because I was younger. People they're, they're more attracted to younger people. And Isn't so, that uh, true? Yep. Well, mm-hmm. that
4: is so true? Because my dreams I had, I had very religious dreams, and where I fought demons. I mean, and I mm-hmm. honestly I know Probably I was did. there. This sounds crazy, but I wasn't. It wasn't a dream. They were different than dreams. I was lucid. Um, I made choices. I had to choose Mm -hmm. between good and evil. They were so powerful. And they happened like once a year from when I was 14 to about 24. And then they stopped, and I never knew why they stopped. Mm -hmm. And I felt like, in hindsight, I felt like it's because I went very deeply into the 3D world. Like, my life, instead of being free-flowing, I became much more structured and much more in this world, like making money, having a career, and all these things. And I feel like I kind of turned off my sort of, that sort of um, part of me that was in the other world. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? <laughs> well, actually, it's in the, wait, well, wait, I call wait.
1: it the, I actually have a name for this, and this is something as a psychologist we should explore. The conditioned self versus, versus the natural self. The natural self mm-hmm. is the person you were born to be, the person that you that you were born as. And then somewhere along the way from like five until about, say, 24. You get conditioned. You become a conditioned self of what society expects, what your parents expect, what the job expects, what your friends expect, and you have all these expectations, and you become this conditioned mm-hmm. person, and you're miserable, and that's when you have the you know the, the families, the, the divorce, the careers, all, all the nasty things that happen, and then sooner or later, in my case, later, you go back to your natural self, and I went through two years of depression to discover my natural self. My natural Dark self...
4: Dark night of the soul.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, two years' worth, okay. but my natural self... Uh, could have, is the only one that could have done action radio, as as fearlessly and God, as definitively yes. as everything that's happening happened because so true. of two years of of depression where I I never took meds, I dealt with it, I tried counselors they were a joke, um, but uh, but I, I worked it through myself and I retraced my life from day one, and said so what happened what happened and I did a ton of research, I actually had some Facebook groups help me, some really incredible people who are going on that same journey. Uh, so, if, so if you're depressed, stop the meds immediately. Deal with the pain. The reason you're depressed, I believe, is, and I read this summer too, that it's the body's telling you you got to stop. You got to stop right now and deal mm-hmm. with this because your life, the rest of your life, depends on dealing with whatever it is that uh, your body's telling you you've got to deal with. <laughs> and so, this is the body mind connection. So the body connects the mind and says, okay, you're going to deal with it, and the mind says, all right. Are you ready? Let's let's go through this, and then two years later, you know, I was fine, and it literally <laughs> well, snapped Greg, on like a light know, switch and snapped off like a light switch. It was that fast.
4: We're taught, and mm-hmm. we're taught to move away from pain, which is really interesting. And so, this natural instinct to recoil from pain and depression Ooh. is unpleasant. It's painful, and so, but what you learn in childbirth with natural, yeah. yes, what you learn in natural childbirth, and I feel like I feel like my natural childbirth experience is like I can. I can literally transcend, like translate them to so many other places in my life. Mm. But you learn that if you try to push the pain away, what happens, and I'm going to talk, you know, anatomy right now. So forgive Mm. me. You clench the vagina clenches, the cervix Mm. clenches, the cervix is a sphincter, like the anal sphincter. And if it, if it's not relaxed, that baby ain't coming. And there's a lot of ways to get that to relax the least of which is entering a hospital setting, which I won't get into right now. But, um, when you try to like, they say, Oh, they say, Oh, it's pressure. It's, it's not pressure. It's, it's pain. And it, going into the pain is the only way to get the baby out is like completely succumbing to it, accepting it, not fighting it and listening to it saying, okay, what do you need my body to do? And then all mm-hmm. of a sudden they'll say, drop your knees or it'll say, get in that tub. Or it'll say, you know, straddle and dance or your body will tell you, but if, if you're running away from it, trying to, whether it's getting an epidural, now you can't feel your body, tell you anything. And then there's C-section city, that's where you're headed. Or, um, you know, just sort of clenching up and, and being panicked, which is a Mm -hmm. natural, seems like a response to pain because we haven't been taught in our culture, how to go into it. Uh, these things cause all kinds of problems. And the best midwife I have, you know, she just said, this is part of it. You just breathe into the pain, say, hello, make friends with it. It's going to be here for a while and it's going to get you through this. And I can translate that to what you're saying because I've battled anxiety and depression in my life. Usually I'm very happy and faithful. But there's times in my life, especially this past year with the divorce, Mm -hmm. where there's been some really dark moments. And I have to get on my knees and beg and pray. And then all of a sudden this miracle happens, like I'm shown something or a friend calls or somebody offers me something. And it's like this wonderful um gift of like highs and lows like being tossed to the ocean waves like i have to get in it and get deep and it mm-hmm. stinks but it's the only way out.
1: no yeah <laughs> depression can save your life you know i know that sounds sounds counterintuitive to all you folks on meds right now but depression will save your life it saved mine in a in a bizarre way that i didn't understand at the time and here's the thing too yeah, you let I it you if, let
4: it take you and, and and crack you and fill you back in
1: mm-hmm, yeah like and you once you realize crack. you're on that yeah. It actually, if you embrace depression, this is, this is going to be really controversial. I think embracing depression is actually a suicide preventive because I never thought of hurting myself. I never thought of, of, of leaving. I never thought of, of ending. All I thought of was, was working through. And in Carolina, well, I did Carolina took because it was miserable. But the thing is, once you get on that track of I'm dealing with this, I'm letting this happen, I'm exploring this aspect of me, then you never think of, 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 of ending or hurting yourself. You just don't. The people have asked me, well, didn't you? Okay, Greg, you know, you, I, this, this is such that? a think, great topic. No. Yeah. Well, well this, wait, they say the a... same
4: thing with fear. So uh-huh. if you're afraid of something, pretending it doesn't exist, avoiding it, avoiding that situation, avoiding that person, avoiding it never helps. That's makes it worse, and it never yep. goes away. The only way to do it is to take a deep breath and say, hello, fear. I'm terrified. I'm going to do it anyway. And yep. you do that thing you're most afraid of. And the same with, think about the same with dieting. Okay, so. On one of my facebook groups somebody's talking about trying to desperately trying to lose 40 pounds of fat and they're getting all this advice of taking this drug and this drug pharmaceuticals and here's the truth and i've learned this over the years and you know i detox people and um, i'm a fan of keto and i've Mm -hmm. been through all these things and i'll tell you the only way is some discomfort you're going to change your food choices you're going to change your habits and you're going to have three days, if you go off sugar, of demonic possession type withdrawal if you're addicted <laughs> to the of us are. That is the only way through. And People are like, well, can I take this? Can I take this? You take pharmaceuticals. No. You, it, look, it might help you a little, but your chance of going back to your old habits is high, and the chance that pharmaceutical having other side effects is very high. Really, the only way through is to get really uncomfortable. You force yourself to go to the gym in the morning. You don't want to. It sucks. Your body hurts. You don't want to be there. And then you feel amazing afterwards. You take all the sugar out of your house. You force your body to go into withdrawal from sugar. It Mm -hmm. stinks. It's really hard. You might have to try it eight or 10 times before you're successful, but it's worth it. And it's the only way. It's the only way to get into that healthy body is to break really addictive, pleasurable habits that your body that it's like basically killing you. And I think Mm -hmm. it's the same, like avoiding fear, avoiding the fear staying in some place you're not supposed to be because you're afraid of the unknown feels sort of pleasurable, but it's not, it's actually killing you. Yeah. And the only way is to go through what you have to go through to get to that next place, which is what you did with your depression. Yes. And your journey.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: <clears throat> oh, oh yeah. It was, it topic. was, it was fascinating. It because you, end up studying
1: your, you end up studying yourself. You, you become your own out of body experience, you know, cause you're, you're going through it first person and you're watching yourself go through it, you know, second person it's it's a very uh, it's a fascinating phenomenon. i wonder if everybody does it um and they just don't acknowledge it but at some point in your life you know or well cuz all of us have the head uh, you know are challenging childhoods and challenging early adulthoods and and went from the uh, uh you know you know god bless the people that maintain their natural selves their whole lives i think those people do can do amazing things you know for the rest of us you know we lose a few decades along the way natural a few self decades, once you're there
4: please.
1: yeah oh yeah oh. yeah but once and you're back to you your you natural people- self Mm-hmm.
4: But you know, you see, you feel this urge and this calling of your soul. I mm-hmm. feel this urge and this calling of my soul. Like, who am I? What's my pathway? Even if mm-hmm. it's so unpopular, even if it's so unattractive to others, even if it looks crazy, what is it? Show me, show but you me. you don't really think about but, that anymore, uh,
1: do you? You don't think about that anymore, how much it's unattractive uh, to others. You think about how much it's attractive to you. Guarantee it.
4: Well, what I'm saying is that's the, the hesitation. The hesitation is our cultural ideas we were given in school of mm-hmm. you know, make Condition sure it looks self. good to others, make sure right. it make sure it looks Cond- successful, make sure it looks pretty, make sure so mm-hmm. okay, so that's our battle. But like there are people who don't even have that desire. Like they mm. it's like they've deadened. They don't even remember or know or care anymore and they're just like automated, like almost like robots. robot. I, I I think there are people who really don't even care anymore who they ever were. They're just gonna live their whole life, you know based on other people's expectations and checking off the checklists and looking good to others. I don't know. It's very interesting that what makes the difference?
1: Well, what if you think about want to, uh, uh, well, let's, let's put it in the terms I was talking about before and see if it makes sense that the natural self and the conditioned self. So when does your natural self start changing? I'd say around five, maybe. You know, because yeah. when, when you're four and five, the world looks wonderful. You don't care. You don't care that you're asking a question that's inappropriate. To me, this, you, don't have a, you don't have the judgment of inappropriate yet. That hasn't been conditioned into you. So you just ask the question. You know, and, and I used to do that a lot. <laughs> Apparently, I was notorious for, you know, whatever Greg was going to say, Greg was going to say, and there were no filters. And so, but you need to get back to that person. You need to discover that five-year-old when you're 55 or 45. Mm-hmm. You need to find Playful, that person again. Play. Yeah. But play is you a still huge part the, of it.
4: I believe. Mm. Yeah.
1: Well, this, this is my playroom. This is, this is my radar shows my playroom. This is my classroom. This is and, my playroom.
4: Yeah. This is everything. My dance yeah. studio is my playroom. My ladies, we play. We, mm-hmm. this is, this is what we do. We do it in a very feminine way. We like
1: get unleashed.
4: There's, mm. we get all the rules, get rid of all the rules, get rid of all the messaging. It takes a lot of time. Well, it's your natural self ladies right now. And once pers- you find that group and once you figure out how to do that, it is addictive. Mm-hmm. Once you find that place, whatever it is, for us, it's, it's, it's creative, exotic, embodied dance, but for whatever it is for you where you can really let go, be completely yourself, get raw, get real, you mm-hmm. do it on the radio, you say whatever you want, you get the guests you want, yep. you know, well,
1: you, you get wild and
4: crazy, you get mm-hmm. controversial. I get the people that
1: I want to talk to. I mean, and it's just,
4: yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. And yeah, you find yourself, it's like you're home again. Everyone mm-hmm. needs that. mm mm-hmm.
1: So create yeah. your world. You create a world too with the with the women the women that you work with. I mean, but you're you're living your natural self. So once you, I'm trying. I'm getting there. Okay, well it'll get there. Just keep doing it. Hey, well, the I more you do it, it, the more comfortable it becomes. Years, yeah, uh, yeah. I got to I got to big jump the, on you though. So you know, I've been I don't doing want those dreams
4: to come back. So I'll be honest, those dreams. Mm-hmm. I don't want to get back to my natural self. So those dreams come back. I mean, it's that point. Cause what are you afraid of? Rough. Well,
1: what? Wait, wait, they wait, were, wait a minute. What was terrifying. the
4: message?
1: <laughs> yeah, but maybe there was a message there that you're missing. What was so terrifying?
4: The messages were really strong. I mean, I was being guided by forces. I was being told very strictly to mm-hmm. stay on the straight and narrow. And what I mean by that is the God path. Like, do not let the world pull you aside. Do not let the world tempt you. Do not let the world. And this sounds so religious, and I'm not religious, but um, sure you term, like,
1: <laughs> well, just like, well, yeah, I, listen to I, Wendy, you know, God is freedom. I, God is not restriction. And if you think of God right. as freedom, you know, and God wants freedom, this is why God's, you know, backing action. I, mean, Radio, I do. You know,
4: that is how is, I think of God. But I feel like when I'm saying the words, it sounds very easy to interpret it as um, traditionally who? religious. Okay, so I, well, I don't know. Yeah. Say
1: your truth. Don't say the truth as you think others should hear it.
4: Well, I guess what I'm saying is the message for me was you need to be right with God and moral and stay, don't be in this world making choices out of fear. See, oh, the, A lot of the recurring themes in these dreams were fear, moving or or succumbing to fear because I was so afraid.
1: Nope. She just dropped. That's weird. (laughs) Hope she'll call back. This is getting really interesting. See, this is what I love about my show. The fact that we can talk about literally anything. I don't care where we start and I don't care where we end up. Uh, We do what we do best here. So hopefully Dorothy will call us right back and maybe she had to leave. Maybe something happened, but we'll we'll find out in just a minute. You know, so let me, uh, in the meantime, I have many more things to play. So let me play something real quick here and see if we can get her back. Do you know your way around health care, insurance, pharmacies, surgery, alternative treatments and choices? I don't. Which is why I'm so glad I met Priscilla Romans, had her on Action Radio, and learned about health patient advocacy. She is the founder of Great Care. And now as an affiliate of Great Care, we are proud to offer through our discount code, W-Y-L, which stands for Write Your Laws, a 10% discount. GraceCare saves you both time and money. They provide medical advocacy, consultation, advice, and recommendations nationwide. Their website is GraceCare.com. That's G-R-A-I-T-H care.com. You can email them at GraceCare.adm at gmail.com. Or call them at 469-864-7149. That's 469-864-7149. Great care. Better health through better knowledge and advocacy. Hello, this is Greg Penglis for our newest shooting range here in Milton, Florida. Stand your ground. My friend, Jason Myers, and crew Paintball, a full-service gun store, and 24-7 online ordering. So come on down or contact them by phone, email, or website and learn how you can best stand your ground. Well, I guess Dorothy had a curfew, <coughs> excuse me, and she had to leave. But uh, once, the, once we get into overtime, you can't call back in. So uh, that's it for, for Dorothy's report. She has her website, Yoni Yoon. You can get her on Facebook, Dorothy Diana. Uh, and so that's her contact information. Me, I'll just give mine again, too, and then i gonna play a couple more things for you. And then I'll be back tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. with uh, Brianna Cannon and our government inquiry. And then in the second hour, Josie Cossi with the Latina Report. Third hour, I haven't figured out yet. I might do the church um, hearings at that point. And then we've got a couple of really good guests on Thursday. Uh, Kenneth Weeks. Uh, who's uh, our drone person from previously. So he's going to come back and give us the latest technology on drones. And another special guest who I'm still learning about. but <laughs> We'll have that all ready for Thursday. So our website here is blogtalkradio.com slash citizenaction. And our, our legislative website is writeyourlaws.com, W-R-I-T-E-Y-O-U-R-L-A-W-S, writeyourlaws.com. And, of course, also, if you want to help us out here, and we are on a big fundraising drive, give, send, go Slash action radio. That's give, send, go, dot com That's radio So play a couple of little selections here and then our, our musical selection for the day and then uh, we'll see you all tomorrow morning 7 a.m. Central Time. This is Greg penglis So what is Action Radio? It is a radio show with its own citizen legislature. That's you, the listener. It is a fully interactive system of listeners, expert guests, social media, writing bills, legislator input, bill submission, lobbying, and citizen action. Action Radio is the future of talk radio using all the available technology in one completely integrated new system. You are listening to Action Radio Online with Greg Penglis.